Welcome back to Talking Bollocks, Bollocks, it's time to talk bollocks, yes, I am back, there has been a bit of a break, my apologies for that, it's a little bit late going out, my apologies for that, but hey, this is the disorganised nature of the podcast that you love so much, so this is what happens, this is what happens, basically, uh, I get busy, um, and I'm unable to squeeze in a few minutes for my beloved bollockers. Um, this is the first time, because um, uh, this is going to go out the very a- the very earliest. This is going to be out is um, is April the first, um, and that's not an April Fool. Um, but it, it, it's just so March has been a month of of no podcasts, which is kind of weird. So um, I am going to get uh, some more out. I've got another writer special plan pretty much in the can. Um, Jason Arnup and uh, Malcolm Dome, which is very cool. But anyway. I've kind of stumbled straight in there without doing the normal intro, so let's do the normal intro. Uh, Welcome to Talking Bollocks, my name is Howard Smith, I am your host, Howard H. Smith, lead singer of rebooted UK thrash band Acid Rain. You can check us out at acidrain.co.uk, tweet at acidrainukac, find us on Instagram, acidrainukac, find us on Facebook, acidrainthrash. I am also a stand-up comedian. I perform as Keith Platt. You can see Keith Platt, keithplatt.co.uk, at Keith Platt on Twitter, at Keith Platt on Facebook. Um, no Keith Platt Instagram, Instagram account because I can't be fucking bothered. I've got enough social media accounts as it is. Nine at last count. That's fun to try and keep up with. Um, and that's what I do. So, yeah, I sing a bit. I do a bit of comedy. Um... Uh, well, I vocalise, uh, and and this is the Talking Bollocks podcast. You can get in touch with us at Talking Bollocks, the Z on the end instead of an S um, on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at Talking Bollocks, um, and uh, and please do join the party, join the fun, and of course make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever app that you are listening to this on. And please do remember. You should download these podcasts via Wi-Fi, listen to them offline. That way, it's not going to eat into any of your data allowance. So please do not stream these unless you really have to, okay? That's brilliant, isn't it? I'm starting that podcast by telling you not to fucking listen to it. Brilliant! That is the kind of wonky thinking that you have come to expect from me over the years. So, So it's good to have you back, folks. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. This is a monstrous um, edition. As you know, you will be able to see who the two guests are. The mighty Otep Shamaya and the mighty Scott Ian. So this is the... um, uh, Yeah, this is going to be pretty cool. Anyway, all of that aside, all of that away, now it's time to start proper with the major news in the world of metal since last we spoke. And that is, without doubt, the number one news story. That's right. I've bought a turntable and I've started buying vinyl again. Fucking what? But you've always slagged people off vinyl and and called them fucking hippies and, and said what a load of bollocks it is and moaned about scratching on records and all that. You're a fucking hypocrite. Well, I can't deny, um, any of that. To be honest with you, I absolutely didn't see this coming it totally and utterly blindsided me i was over at a friend's we went out for a few beers and she asked me to help set up her um her stereo and she had this turntable that had been kicking around about a year she hadn't set it up so i set it all up for her and um and we stuck the acid rain single on um obviously and um because that's available on vinyl um from dry heave records go get it um 
Or alternatively, go on the YouTube channel and post a comment about how how it should be released on vinyl because you like your acid rain on vinyl, despite the fact it's been out since October. You lazy fuck. Yeah, that is di- directed at somebody in particular. So anyway, um, uh, and they also had fresh fruit for rotting vegetables by Dead Kennedys, and I just I put it on and it just sounded amazing, and I I, I, I just fell in love with that putting the stylus back on the back on the turn to, I'm well aware how fucking hypocritical and uh, that I'm sounding now I, 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 I didn't see it coming it just blindsided me absolutely so being the OCD twat that I am went straight out I've got my um, by the way they gave me the um, uh, they actually gave me the fresh fruit for rotting vegetables as a present for setting everything up so that's awesome so that was my first my first record I have since bought um uh, For All Kings by Anthrax Scott if you're listening um, I got Book of Souls the um, the triple vinyl which is dick hardeningly good um, I've also got South of Heaven on green vinyl uh, yeah I've been a busy boy you're right yeah and I've also got Marillion Script for Jester's Tear and Fugazi now I've got to be honest those two albums um, I mean they they were right there at the heart of my um, uh, of my falling in love with music and then falling in love with metal and and to to have those albums again with gatefold sleeves and um uh, yeah it, it's just amazing um so I've also ordered the new um the new prong album um uh I said no authority yeah um and as a as a double uh, red vinyl but you get a CD with that as well um I I think that's it I think that's everything that I've got. Um, that I've got, oh, and Rain and Blood, obviously, that's on the way, um, and I'm gonna have to get Master of Puppets as well. But ideally, the remaster, but whatever. And I'm not getting those fatali- that, those fucking Metallica box set vinyl things, 150 or 180 quid each. Fuck off! Not a chance. I understand there's gonna be metally heads out there who want to pay that, but I, you know, fuck off. Mind you, it's just once a lifetime thing. Who am I to judge? If I could put a fucking Acid Rain box set out for 150 quid, would I? Fucking hell yes! In a New York minute, motherfucker. Um, so yeah, that's the major news in uh, in the world of metal. Um, so so now let's um, now let's go back um, uh, and and do the not so major news. So um, so Brian Johnson looks like um, he's going to have to pack up, and it looks like ACDC seem um, in, in, intent on continuing. And um, with Axl Rose, what the fuck? With that screeching gerbil orange head cock end, I mean, oh, you know, somebody posted uh, on my Facebook. Oh, he's he's one of the great greatest front men ever, right? Okay, so when you say greatest front men, do you mean turns up hours late, the set has to be cut short, an absolute cock to be in a band with, shit to go and see live? Is that what you mean by one of the greatest front men ever? I mean. You know, there's the greatest front man ever, right, was Freddie Mercury, and then there's a pretty big fucking drop-off to everybody else, right? It's, it's, all, it's all personal taste. It's all personal taste. I'm well aware of that, right? And it's subjective. But Freddie Mercury is the greatest front man ever. It's fucking... Give me a calculator. Give me a computer. Give me the right software. I can fucking prove it, right? That's a fact, Everything else is subjective, you know. Is Fish from Marillion, is it in his, in his glory years, was he in the top ten? Is Hetfield in there? Does he count as a front man? Well, I guess he is. He's also a guitarist. I mean, is, is, is Tom Araya in there? 
Is Chino Moreno in there? Is I don't know. In fact, there you go. Fucking. I was going to say, hey guys, send any lists of greatest ever frontmen, but I know you fucking won't, because you never fucking do. No. So I'm not falling for that old trick again. I'm not falling for that fucking, hey guys, get involved, and then you all fucking stand me up and make me look like a bigger cunt than I already am. Oh, I'm way ahead of you there. Um, But seriously, fucking hell. I mean, there's pissing on people's graves, but that is pissing in Brian Johnson's face while he's still alive. It's pissing in his ears, for fuck's sake. And I, I think I would rather have somebody piss in my ears, or possibly shit in my ears, as opposed to listen to Axl Rose murder a, an ACDC set. I mean, I've seen some people going, oh, this this should be fucking amazing. Really? Really? In what universe? Amazingly shit, maybe. Amazingly shit. But for fuck's sake, please don't do it. Oh, I, I just... it. it, it it does my fucking head in. It really does. But apparently Angus wants to keep going, wants to keep the band going, and a bit more and a bit longer. And there's there's a chance that um, these 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 shows will be done with with um, gerbil orange headed cunt. Um, and and after after that we don't know. After that we don't know. So I, it's going to be interesting to watch. In the same way, it's interesting to um, rubberneck at a car accident. Um, uh, you know they've got to quit they've got to knock it on the head but having said that i suppose yeah you know from the outside looking in, you you want to say oh they've got to knock it on the head they've got to knock it but if you're angus young and you feel like you've got you know another album another couple of albums another couple of world to wall to world tours in you you want to do it you just you just you want to do it while you still can Fucking hell! I mean, I I I've jacked in playing football now, but I used to love it. And if I if I still could, I mean, I could, but you know, with the knee injury and everything else, or, or rather the operation I had done on it, yeah, it's just it's just not worth it. And and plus, you know, we, I've now got like commitments with um, doing festivals with bands with a band and stuff like that. And it's not just me. I've got to think about it. if I fucking go out and injure myself and all the rest of it, we have to pull out of a festival that fucks the rest of the band on. Never mind you fuckers out there who are going. Yeah, what about me? I was going to come and see you. Yeah, it, it fucks everybody who's close to the band straight away. Speaking of which, I hadn't actually meant to meant to do this, but going straight into what happened to me this month. Well, what happened to Acid Rain this month? Um, uh, you will you will hear. Um. Uh, oh fuck it! It was me going on in the last podcast, wasn't it? About oh, you know, we're we're opening, we're opening, as it were, for Flesh God Apocalypse. We're playing the same stage as um, at Cradle of Filth. It's really weird. Yeah, guess what? Never happened. Didn't play. Some of you may already know this, but for those of you who don't, um, we set off with we, we were going to get there. Um, uh, we were going to get there about three three thirty, and we weren't due to hit the stage until six thirty. Okay. Instead, we never got there. We got stuck in a horrendous fucking um, traffic jam on the M40 caused by a jackknife lorry. Um, and we once we got out of it, we'd been delayed by basically about four and a half, five hours. Totally fucked. Absolutely, totally fucked. So um, that was the end of that, really. Um, there's nothing we could do. Um, uh, we got through. We got through it. Um, health uh, Hammerfest were, were trying to organise something and then we rang up and said look we're on through and he said look what, what's Satnav saying he said we're going to be there at 7.30 we should have been coming off stage at 7.30 and they went yeah I'm sorry you're going to have to turn around um, now you know I, I, I could have a right old fucking moan about other bands not being prepared to move their sets 
um, around to to accommodate us. Um, I mean, I, I could do that, but hey, I'm going to be the bigger man, and I'm going to let all of you figure out um, what that's all about. But you know, Metal Brotherhood, my fucking ass. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, what what a motherfucker, basically. Um, totally fucking pissed off. But then in the van on the way back, Pete, our bass player, uh, who's well connected in the London scene, he made a few calls, and bingo, we were offered a gig playing the Dev, the Devonshire Arms in Camden. And fucking hell, we went right. Okay, let's do it. We will not be stopped. We ended up playing the. Co- it's probably the smallest. It's probably the smallest music gig. Um, I've done for about 30 years it's it's. I mean it's, it's smaller than most comedy gigs I did we literally set up in the corner of a pub we brought our brand new festival backdrop in and we fucking put it up it nearly covered the whole pub we were determined to fucking play it like it was uh, like it was Hammerfest um, I spent the majority of the gig uh, dancing about on the bar um, and it, w- it was just a total laugh it was the it was the um, it, it was the pressure valve that was needed to release all of that fucking uh, absolute bile that we had in our veins after not playing Hammerfest, which was just just fucking. How many times do you hear of that? It's so fucking rare. Um, so so yeah, I got it. Got that out of my system. So um, thank fuck for that. Um, anyway. Uh, moving on, I am. I'm. Um, I'm just going to do a little advert here. I am taking two uh, comedy courses, um, and by taking them, I don't mean learning how to be funny because I'm not. Fuck off, you cunts. Um, I mean, I'm the fucking lecturer. So I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing courses on how to um, develop stand-up comedy, how to develop more accurately a character. So these are courses about how to do character comedy. Um, they're taking place on April the twenty-fourth in London, um, and uh, at the Birmingham Glee Club on May the fifteenth. Um, if you go to We Are Funny. Um, the We Are Funny project on Facebook. You will see events there. You'll see the events and you can sign up and come along if you want. Now, please, you know, don't come along and just go like, yeah, I'm not here to do any of that. I just wanted to ask you questions about acid rain. Um, because, <laughs> or you want to hear, you want to hear my, uh, my Phil Anselmo story and you want to hear my, um, Chuck Skull, <laughs> Chuck Skulldiner, um, uh, stories and all that. No, or, or my Dave Mustaine stories. No, sorry, I'm not going to do it. That's not what this is for. It's proper comedy courses. So come along, if you will. That does not make a change. Me actually using the podcast for something practical. That does make a fucking change. Um, so what's uh, what else has been going on? Yeah, um, I had this thing, right? Basically, um, beards um, make bands go shit. Uh, and they beards make artists go shit, right? Um, I think uh, COC, been shit since beards. Um... Uh, latest proof of this is bon- John Petucci of uh, Dream Theatre. He's got himself a big old fucking Amish beard, and then you out, then you double album is the biggest pile of fucking wank I have heard in a long time. Um, now, before anyone throws out Mastodon, doesn't count. They've always had beards, right? But you just fucking play the game, play the beard game. Name a band, think of when they started growing beards. They turned shit didn't they I'm dr- I'm desperately trying to think of, uh, I'm des- desperately trying to think of some other examples now fucking hell I wish I'd actually planned this out instead of being the disorganised twat that I am 
Um, mind you, but fuck that. You're lucky to be getting this podcast at all. Fucking hell, I have been absolutely rammed wall to wall. You can probably tell my voice is a bit raw as well. I mean, I've been fucking gigging like a bastard all over the shop. Um, and, and it's just been, it's just been crazy. So, so again, sorry, yeah, apologies for not getting a fucking podcast out earlier, but that's just the way it is. Um, so yeah, band, other bands who grew beards and went shit. Um, I've got to admit, is there anybody that thinks Tom Mariah looks better with a beard than without? With beard, he looks like somebody out of Lord of the Rings. Without beard, he looks like a fucking rocking metal frontman. Yeah, Kerry King. Admittedly, when he didn't have a beard, he also had hair. Looked fucking rock. And then he grows that fucking beard and time. Nah. Uh, Scott Ian, uh, I'm taking a pass on that because Scott's on the show. Um, and besides, uh, I, uh, you know, I did actually make the uh, make the point originally the bands went shit, didn't I? Well, the la- you know, For All Kings, bought it on vinyl. Could have easily used one of my contacts at the label and, and got them to send me that for free, but... You know what? No, it's not that I've got fucking money pissing out of every orifice. I haven't. I'm not fucking loaded. But you know what? There's actually something about buying the vinyl. I bought, I went into HMV, right? I went into HMV in Uxbridge um, last weekend, and I bought the the latest Anthrax Nine Maiden albums on vinyl. I mean, what a fucking throwback that was. 60 quid? Fuck me. That is not a throwback. That is definitely a new price. Never that expensive back in the day, but fucking hell. Anthrax and Iron Maiden on vinyl sounding fucking awesome. Honestly, just... Uh, I've gone back there again, haven't I? I've completely... Tangent fans must be just beating off at the moment because I have got... I am all over the fucking map right now. I keep just wandering in and out. My brain is like a fucking child on Ritalin. It's just fucking Ritalin. I'm just wandering around, stumbling into conversations, spouting off about it, and then wandering off and doing it again. To be fair, that if you're not used to that by now then, you know, you're fucking never going to be used to it. And if it's new, if this is new to you, then, um, yeah, this is it. Take it or leave it. It doesn't get any better than... Oh, sorry, it doesn't get any better than... It doesn't get better. This is pretty much it. So if you were expecting something a little bit slicker or... So, yeah, that that's that's never fucking happening. Um, now, I, I have become aware recently that... Um, I don't know. I I don't want people thinking that these these rants, because um, I'm well aware that a lot of you seem to tune in for the rants uh, in inverted commas, and I am I am not a performing monkey. Okay, um, I, you know, I I'm aware that people seem to be. I get I'm getting tweeted and I'm getting posted links to bits and pieces, um, and it's like oh you know look at this and oh look at that and oh what do you think of this and oh what do you think? and it's like what. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of just putting a coin in the slot in the top of my head and expecting me to do the little dance. Yeah, it's not really going to happen. Um, I, I'm I'm a very I'm a very particular. Um, uh, pecu- you know, I, just certain things get up my fucking nose, as you've noticed, right? And sometimes it's really fucking trivial, and sometimes it's really major. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like. You know, uh, when we when we did the gig at the Dev, when Acid Rain did the gig at the Dev, when Hammerfest didn't happen, I decided on the spur of the moment to change the lyrics from our song Two Minded Takeover, which is um, about politicians, to uh, dedicate it to Donald Trump. And I changed a load of the lyrics um, to slag him off. Um, and um, again, that's a fucking tangent. What the hell has that got to do with what I was talking about? Right, I tell you what, here comes a rant. Here comes a rant. And it's about fucking me. 
Right? I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of me. I'm sick and tired of hearing these fucking self-important bollocks. These fu- this fucking rants that I go on that are, that are apparently so entertaining. Right? Well, you know what? Listening to my own fucking ranting voice. What a cunt. Yeah? You know when I said, if you don't like it, get your own podcast? Well, that's alright for you. You can do that. I'm fucking stuck with this podcast. I'm fucking stuck with me. It's alright for you lot. You get to go home. You can switch me off. You can pause me. I can't. I have to live with this. Day in, day fucking out. I get up. Who's in the mirror? Me. Hey, walk past the shop window. Who is it? Me. Who's who's on the phone talking? Me. Who's cooking me dinner? Me. It's always fucking me. I never get five minutes peace from this cunt. Not fucking one. Not one. Not five. Not one. Not nor. Not one or five. Six. Six minutes. I don't get six minutes away from this cunt. That's me. What a cunt. By the way, I bought tickets to see um, Pussifer, the uh, the tool, well, Maynard's sideband uh, at the Roundhouse um, in May. If, you, if, if you're there, be good to see. I don't, I've got no fucking idea why I've thrown that in the conversation, right? No fuck, like it's a conversation, like you get to talk to me. No, I just get to fucking talk to you. This is shit. This is fucking shit, this podcast. I don't know why I fucking do it. It's just more me. It's more... I, I'm, I'm going to get a fucking guest presenter on so I can fucking listen to this, you know? So I can actually listen to an episode of Talking Bollocks without thinking, fucking hell, it's that cunt moaning again. It's that cunt who I live with, who I am all the fucking... T- what a cunt. Right, that's enough of me. That's enough of me. Um, okay, um, I think it's time for myself and Scott Ian to have a little bit of a chat. But no, do you know what? I'm not going to do it that way around because that's what you're all expecting. Um, I'm well aware that many of you might not know OTEP. Okay, OTEP are a band fronted by the lovely, intelligent, wonderful, talented creature that is um, OTEP Shamaya. Now, um, yeah, well aware about what I've said about female fronted bands. If you've been following me on social media, you know that... um, uh, I've got a lot of time for OTEP. Um, uh, Apex Predator, I thought, was a fantastic song uh, a few years ago. She's a very interesting woman. Um, I'm going to play now for you because I'm, I'm well, you know, I'm well aware that some of you might be old thrashheads, not really interested in um, in modern music. And I know there's people out there like that. Well, I'm now going to play you some OTEP so you can put into context um, what she does, what she's like. Um, uh, they they are very original. Um, I, I really admire her work, um, and I would say for me, um, she's the closest thing that I would say to a to a female metal icon. In fact, well, she is. She's a female metal icon, and to 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 many girls, to many to many guys, to to a generation that I'm out of touch with, and many of you are out of touch with because I know you're old cunts like me. Um, but um, so look, I'm going to put the opening track um, of Generation Doom, which is out very soon. Um, I'll tell you when when I've done my fucking research. Um, but for now, I-, I love this song. It's called Zero, and I love it. Listen to the lyrics. The whole song is based on the phrase "I I give zero fucks," which you know is a fav. Well, if you're a regular listener, you know that's a favourite phrase of mine. Um, and you know what a woman. Um, here's the song. Um, which is called Zero, and then we'll go straight into the interview, um, which is great. It's uh, it's slightly over an hour. We have a really good laugh. There's there's quite a bit about Donald Trump on there. She's got some fascinating stuff to um, uh, about that. She did voiceovers on the Hobbit movies. It's interesting. Fucking listen. This is Zero. 
Is that Hotep? Uh, yeah, this is Hotep. Hey, um, it's uh, Howard Smith calling from um, All About the Rock. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear that. There's a little chinky little bell in the background. Who, who's that? Uh, the bell in the background, uh, that is my uh, one of my dogs, probably. That looks sounds like... Oh, that's uh, Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> nice. He's from my from my neck of the woods. Nice. How'd you how'd you how'd you get him? I rescued him from um, someone who was a breeder that was pretending to be. Uh, they they do these adoptions. They where they'll say that uh, that they can't get rid of the dog, and so they say that uh, it's a free puppy. 
and they offer them for free, but when you show up, they ask you for a $200 uh, medical fee for ah, right. shots and everything. And usually the, the puppies have been taken away too, they've been taken away from their moms too early, so they'll also tell you that the dog is either going to be bigger than you you want, or, or I mean smaller than you want, or, or bigger than you want. And right. So that, you know, you think you're getting a smaller dog, you think you're getting... So they... So Francis was... Um, he was, I think, they told me he was eight weeks old, and he was actually six. So he lost a lot of um, connection with his mom early on. And uh, he's luckily, I have another dog who's very maternal, and she was able to to step in in those early stages. And she's also a rescue as well. Oh, it sounds like you got. It sounds like you got a lovely little family going on there. I do, I do. Thank you. It must break your heart when you go away and have to leave them. Uh, it, it does, and I, uh, you know, when we tour uh, the states and North America, I can. I'm lucky enough; I can bring them with because um, we have the accommodations we travel in on our bus has plenty of room for them. But when we go out of the country, it's it's really tough, and I have to leave them with a dog sitter or a family member or something. And, right. Um, but I have like a, I have security cameras in my house. <laughs> All right. So I can yeah. I can like tune in watch them and the good thing is <laughs> i can talk to them and they can hear over the speaker and you know because they don't know they have no idea what's happening yeah it's like it's they go from seeing me almost every day to to not seeing me at all and so it's i'm sure they they get they do get depressed i can t- they don't move as much and they don't play as much and yeah and no, i've uh, i've i've got a um um I'll, I'll give you a very quick um uh, background on the uh, on the podcast and stuff okay um mm-hmm. Um, I'm based out of London. The the podcast is called Talking Bollocks, um, and basically, um, way back in the day, um, at the beginning of time of thrash metal, I was in a, a UK thrash metal band called Acid Rain. We put out sort of three or four albums and toured the world, and then it all kind of finished. And um, I've been spending well, I've been a stand up comic for the last sixteen, seventeen years. Oh wow! Um, and then I kind of dug the band back up last year and we're um uh, it's only me from the original lineup but we're you know we're doing some things playing a few festivals and um uh, and it's cool it's good to be back but anyway the reason i wanted to kind of mention all of that was purely because i know exactly how you feel about being away um a, a couple of uh, friends of mine are, uh, are on the road <laughs> a lot more than me and and they always they both have dogs and when they come home they say their dog kind of um, just kind of feels them out when they first get home because they're a little bit pissed with them that they haven't been around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why take me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. And you and you just expect to walk back in yeah, their lives. Yeah, you know, they're, they, a lot of, you know, it's, for a long time it was, I think, part of the, um, the accepted science on dogs that they forget things very easily. Um, they don't remember events but that's not true at all my dogs do they know when i take the suitcase out which it might you know what what suitcase is which if one is one's for touring and one is for vacations and if it's a vacation one they don't get nearly as excited because they know they're not going <laughs> but they see the bus one come out and they're like you know they're spinning and they're jumping in it and right when the other one comes out they actually just sit in it they, they, when i'm putting clothes in they're like take me with <laughs> you're yeah. not leaving without me <laughs> I'm not, you're not going. Oh, that's um, cool. 
Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so, um, I, look, uh, we'll, we, you know, it's a podcast. Um, we'll have a good old chat, and um, you know, uh, you, if you got stuff to do, are you are you on the treadmill yet? Is this one of many interviews you got you've got to do today? I, I have another one after this. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Um, well, let's let's try and make this go on so long that uh, you don't sure. have to do that. You don't have to do that one <laughs> at all. Um, and you can say whatever you like. Don't worry. No one's listening. Um, well, not in that way. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. someone better. Um, someone's better. If I'm talking, someone's listening, whether they hate me or they love me. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you you are you are that girl, aren't you? I am the one they love to hate. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, uh, at those. I got to be honest with you. There's um, mm. some. Yeah, I was handed this. Uh, I was. I was hand, not handed, but I was. I was asked if I um, if mm. I wanted to uh, interview with you because um, a colleague of mine said I don't. She scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, that's. I'm not. I'm not unaccustomed to that response. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and look, I, and I'll be completely open, all right. Um, I, I, you know, I've I've let you in probably on more than you care to know about me already, but um, uh, I'm I'm not um massively um familiar with the band. Uh, I'm more familiar with like all of your work. Um, mm. and um and to be honest, I um I'm I'm kind of re- the one thing that I'm really interested in is three years ago. I'm sorry to do this. You probably know what's coming. Three three years ago, that you know you're, you're you're breaking a band up, and um, and here you are back. Um, I just wondered what happened oh. to change your what happened to change your mind. Was it purely a change of label? Was it a change of heart? Did you miss it? What what happened? It's kind of all those things that you mentioned. Um, oh no! You know, I mean, the music industry itself is not. Um, it's not. Uh, it's not an easy place to survive, especially if you don't create pop music. Yeah. It's rough and touring's rough. Yeah, very. Being on the road, being away from your family, you know, um, you basically end up having two families. You have your touring family, uh, if you're lucky enough to have that. Uh, you have your touring family and then you have uh, your regular family and friends. And, you know, I go away and come back and the whole world has changed in, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a few short months and pe- lives are progressing, things are happening. And, you know, um, I've been away this whole time. So it's, it's difficult. And it's, um, it's also difficult to see. I mean, I put a lot of uh, my soul into my music. Whatever that value means to anybody else, it means a lot to me. Yeah. And so to hand that off to other people to control and manipulate and, and um, uh, delegate and then sort of try to I guess shape it into what their idea is of me or my music or my message. Yeah, is really really difficult because it is it isn't just a, a song about this or that. It's like it's a song. These songs have messages. These songs have meaning, and they're they're reflections of my experiences in life. They're exp- expressions of my and reflections of my of you know what's going on in the world and uh, American politics and. Globally, uh, as a community, and social, and, and global warming, and all these things that's happening to our planet. And so, when someone doesn't take it that seriously, or they think, "Oh no, you're just the girl that goes grr," <laughs> then we just right. want to put you in that world. Well, yeah. okay, I find that's just one mechanism that I use as a vocalist to uh, put an exclamation point on something that I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, that's trying a, to get across. That's it's an the incredibly car explosion in the film. Yeah, so it's a very it's that's a very reductive way of looking at it from their point of view. Yeah. It is, and so it's hard to do that. And at that time, I really had no interest in in doing music anymore. I, I just it had lost all meaning for me in that regard, and and like wasn't magic anymore. It wasn't powerful anymore. I could make more money doing other things that didn't cost me as much. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a I do voiceover, uh, voiceover work in in films and and video games. I did the hot the last Hobbit movie. Yeah, I was going to ask you um, about that. Thank you, thank you for getting me to that for me. Oh sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm nice. I'm good at segues. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you need me to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I'm loquacious. Uh, He'll find that out. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, so yeah, sorry. Uh, carry on. Oh no. Uh, yeah. So you know, I did. I did the last Hobbit movie, um, Battle of the Five Armies. I did yeah. voiceover work in that. I did voiceover work. I do voiceover work in um, in films and 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 other films. And sometimes you have to sign non-disclosure agreements. Uh, but if anybody knows what I do, they can probably hear hear it in the films um i did um i was in the playstation video game the last of us i just did a, a, a another really large franchise recently uh video game so it's i have other other ways of expressions and other yeah. tools where i don't have to leave my home and i don't have to be away for months on end and live on the road without showering for a week and not you know well, wearing when... the same smelly clothes you know all the time and well absolutely um, and when and and it's not just all of that hardship as well it is mm-hmm. and it, it is also the fact that when it comes down to it it's a it's a business that is is it's changing from from month to month no one knows what what right. what, what that is true. you know what's next is going what's going to happen next I mean, uh, you know, people were people were worried about illegal downloads. Fuck, nobody nobody can be even bothered to da- illegally download now. People just want to stream. <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't. That's give right. A, you know, they don't yeah. actually want to physically own the music anymore. That's that's no. Thing. And that's that was my that was my big conversation, and it has been since I started as a wee lass in this business. <laughs> when I first I was sat that, down with uh, nice voiceover you, skills there. You got Scottish down. Oh, very good. Thank you. So I sat down with. Uh, <laughs> With my with the head when we first got signed to Capitol Records, I sat down because they didn't have a president at the time uh, at Capitol. So I sat down with um, with the pre- the head of EMI, who they owned Capitol and they owned you know a bunch of labels. Yeah. And his name was Ken Berry, and I sat down with him in, at the in the president's office of Capitol Records, where he met me, and it was a really magical time at that moment because. Clive Davis's son, Fred Davis, is my lawyer. So it was like this old school, you know, um, music kind of legend talking to the head of EMI, Ken Berry. They were negotiating my contract, assigned to Capitol Records, which I, they didn't have anything like us at the time. They had the, you know, but they had the Beatles and they had Radiohead and they had, they, I thought they had, they would understand intention. And when I sat down with them, they were talking to me about file sharing and pirating and all of that. Right. And I, and they asked me my thought about it. I was like, embrace it. That's you know, and everyone in the room was like, "Yeah, embrace it." And uh, he said, "No." And they ended up fighting it. They fought it. They took it to court. They did all these things. And so, since then, every label site, every record cycle that I've gone through, all the labels that I've been on—I think four now—I did three albums with Capital, one album, two albums, three albums with someone else, and now so okay, so three, three labels. Um, 
this is my fourth. Okay, <laughs> right. Trying to keep up. But, they're like, uh, they're like no, marriages, aren't they, basically? Like, I try to tell them, it's, you have to understand, it, you, the, radio, the record industry didn't invent iTunes. They didn't invent Spotify. They didn't invent Pandora. They're fighting those things every step of the way when the tech, instead of embracing the technology that's available that will increase exposure for fans, they're fighting it. And it's like a, it's cannibalizing itself. You know, it's an Ouroboros. It's the serpent that eats its own tail. Yeah. So dealing with that kind of environment where like we're standing at the edge of all this amazing wireless technology that's happening right now and people are more connected in the world than they've ever been and this is exactly what I've always hoped to do as an artist to be able to connect to people everywhere at once and struggling with it so it was it was a really difficult time to for me to manage all of that yeah um, and say I just don't I don't want to fake it I don't want to fake being in the record I don't want to fake a record I don't want to just keep putting out music and selling you know half a half a soul or not even maybe you know a smidgen of soul of my soul to the fans when that's the whole purpose I got into this was self-expression yeah and and that so um I, I just we took some time off we still kept touring I mean we're still we we function very well uh we're very we're quite autonomous we don't need a whole lot of guidance we're not babies we we yeah we know how to do our jobs, you know? Yeah. And so we're very blessed to be able to make, create art for a living. So we take it very seriously. So we can still tour with or without a label. So we did, we toured for two years without with completely being unsigned and just enjoying music again and enjoying the fans and no, no thumb on our, you know, on our necks or anything. Yeah. Just, oh, that must've been nice. It was kind of, kind of rediscovering, remembering what it used to be like when you didn't have, some dickhead breathing down your neck, <laughs> counting yeah. every penny and saying what you're doing here and what you're doing there, and and just and or you know and then or just not doing their job is working the working <laughs> yeah there is yeah there's that know, old classic isn't there yeah right yeah like not working it either or you know just like telling us that they were going to do something and then they're not wow so are, was, are you really sure cool. is this the music business you're speaking about Some, <laughs> <laughs> someone saying they're going to do something and they're not doing it wow. Yeah. 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 So you can only take that for so many, so many. I mean, I was writing a, a record, you know, thirteen songs, full-length songs, each original, all you know, pretty original content. Uh, I think, uh, at once every year. So we were writing a record a year. Fuck, that's unsustainable. That. You know, and it's just it was great. We enjoyed it. I mean, I love creating. I love that part of it. But then you know, you sit down with someone and. And these, I said, tell them, okay, this is what we, this is how it should be done. And they say, no, you belong in this little box right over here, and that's all we're gonna do for you. And I don't work well being confined, so yeah, that was. I came to that place. It was like I love you guys very much. I just don't want to be in the business of music anymore. I want to be in the art of music again. And so that's what that's what we did, and we took off. Though that time really helped pollinate and nurture the spirit of music again for for me and i think we're i mean i'm really proud of this record it feels like it's it feels like the first album again it's really beautiful yeah um, moments that i've been experiencing we but also you've, you've got a whole new um you've got a whole new rhythm section section on this uh, on this record as well. well they've been with me the but guitar it... player's been with me um did you say the musicians i'm sorry no no sorry i said the uh, rhythm section 
Oh yes. We so do. it's your first yeah, first uh, record with them. Well, the same drummer for a minute, but a uh, new bass player for sure. And uh, uh, those those they come and go, like I say. But uh, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it, legitimately, it's 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 a difficult life to be a touring musician. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, the thing is, it, it's it. You know, once upon a time, you thought if people left bands, then there's obviously like you know there's some there's some shit going down you know people don't like each other or there's there's stuff like but 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 now the way the industry has progressed i mean look how often you see people stepping out of tours yeah you know no, it I mean, happens th- all the time yeah and, and that never used to happen that's because it was a it was a huge payday it's 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 not anymore it's really not 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 for not for bands like ours um not unless you're a pop act or hip-hop actor yeah um what they call i mean i was you know, we we're actually very lucky for this album. I mean, I feel we've never really had a a radio single before, and that's something when you're like a young young person and you're like, you want, you know, you want a band and you want a, your your song on the radio and all that. And yeah, and uh, we've never really had that before. So to uh, to suddenly have that now on this album after taking time off, it feels really special. But. Um, uh, to to uh, at this moment we're we're you know wondering like we're I'm looking at different radio charts and different radio things and I'm like looking at like the alternative stations and what they consider alternative music now so I've not been in this world so I don't know it yeah but what's played on terrestrial radio and what's considered alternative to what what's the alternative like what is it alternative <laughs> to I thought alternative music was supposed to be you know sort of the 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 different you know the the, the oddball mu- music you know or the yeah. the outcast music and it's it's not it's really not anymore so it was really interesting once because we we're getting a lot of requests for this one song that I wrote during a really really dark time during that time and and um, uh, it's really a kind of a very personal song and to have all this interest in it is I don't know it was kind of illuminating in many ways. Yeah, uh, but then to look at the radio and go like, "Wow, the this part of the industry has changed quite a bit," and it's because of what you said, which mm-hmm. is this idea of survival. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, and and think radio. I mean, radio's been hit really, really hard as well. I mean, yes, y- yeah. you know, those guys. Those guys are the only people who can really sympathize with musicians and kind of understand mm-hmm. how it's True. gone from like this to this because it is just night and day. Um, I mean, once upon a time, you know, being a being a DJ was like being in a band. You know, it's full time paid job, <laughs> right? You know, and as yeah. as as the as all the as all the money and revenue has just kind of slowly seeped out of the music business, and um, it, it's unfortunately, yeah, poor old poor old radio dudes have uh, yeah. have, have gone the yeah. same way as, uh, as as musicians. Um, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's very well, weird. and we have you know you have this you have um whole industries uh, that have been affected even yeah uh, it, you, uh, well you've got oh what happened there here we go oh I lost you hi <laughs> uh, you put me on hold I did yeah oh it was an accident I think yeah. my, I'm having some difficulties between um, the I don't use Skype very often, oh, and right. uh, my laptop is logs in whenever it wants. Right. So I think that might might have been what happened just now. All right. Look, no, no problem. But, uh, <laughs> my laptop might have. 
my laptop might have logged in while we were on the phone. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah hey, no problem, no problem. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, look, we, we, we were talking about... I, 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 Actually, rather because I'm a little bit worried that we're we're both just going to just get really depressed about the music business. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to keep recording. Um, I'm going to try and get Ota back, and let's see what happens. Aha! We're just two unlucky souls today. <laughs> This is, this is going to be the best interview that never fucking happened. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Fucking the, apparently the music overlords have overheard us. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah, right. You motherfuckers aren't going to talk today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you want to talk about something other than the music business now? Oh, we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so look, before everything, before everything goes shit-shaped again... Um, how did you get? How did you get into vo- voiceover work? By the way, I've got to say, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sat the other end here. You've got you, you've you've got one of those voices. You really have. I mean, you know, you've got you've got that movie star voice, girl. Honestly, you've got to get in there. <laughs> Thank you. I you know I don't have any any dis- although I get approached all the time because I have a, a you know I do have a look I guess, and a lot of times the uh, agents will come up to me and say you know we don't really have any edgy girls we'd really love to have an edgy girl oh. can you can you oh god you know would you and I'm just like I don't really want to do anything on screen the voiceover stuff is fine and it's fun and I get to do all kinds of things from just creature noises to you know d- vocal doubles to playing characters and and even you know narrative work I did. Um, there was a children's charity where they were donating eight million dollars or something to uh, to help underprivileged children and to help with them get surgery and things they need here because we still have private uh, private healthcare in this country, which is ridiculous. But um, yeah, yeah, well, that's a whole other issue. But so I, it's fun to do. Um, I ended up um, I was talking to someone one night and they they didn't know that I was a singer in a band and they asked. I'm completely jealous, but you know, hey, good for you. Um, but all, but all, that's, that's okay. Uh, but but also that whole um, that whole being approached, like you say about like your agency saying, oh, you know, we need an edgy girl and all the rest of it. It's like it's it, it when you've said what you've said about the music business. It's like, mm-hmm. do, do you really want to be then? You know, you just basically got to suffer that whole um, that that whole machine again, which is you know distilling you down to. A a look basically instead of a sound. Yeah, it's you know, but you know the the difference for me is in that world, just like with voiceover and and um, the other things that I do besides music, it's not the same emotional investment for me. Right. Um, I don't know why that is. Um, it's a different kind of investment. I still take it very seriously. I still appreciate it very much, but it's just not the same. Um, I don't know why that is. It's a it's a different animal spirit for me. I I, hey, look, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I mm. um, I you know, I've done stand up all these years. I absolutely love it. I've done stand up more than music, and mm-hmm. and yet getting back out on that stage last year with the band, there was just something about it that I I can't put my I can't put my finger on, and you know, yeah, I mean, it does you know, have that it, it, absolutely. And fr- I mean, you know. fr- friends who are comedians were saying to me, "So, which do you prefer, the music or comedy?" And I was like, "Oh, d- guys, you know, that's not fair." It's like saying, you know, 
what's mm-hmm. you know what, what's my favorite child like i, I yeah. don't have any children but if i did have them that's what the question would be like um, right. yeah. um and i kept avoiding the question and then one of them said okay i've got a question for you friday night you've got a comedy gig or you've got a music gig which you mm. want to do and i was like music oh damn <laughs> <laughs> It's like, how dare you make me, you know, how dare you make me make that realisation, you know? But there is, there's just something weird about it. I can't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when you were just asking, posing that question, I was thinking, okay, if I had a voiceover gig or or (laughs) an appearance gig or versus a show, what would I do? I would take the show. It's more exciting. I don't know. There's a, I find that there's, you know, when the show's right, especially when, and it doesn't mean that that means that it's the perfect venue or the perfect sound or the the biggest audience it doesn't mean any of that because we've had some of our best shows yeah in the worst places yeah absolute worst, toilets you know, yeah equipment maybe the the crowd was smaller than the night before but they're more there's more energy in the room yeah and if you can lose yourself in that moment and maybe that's that's what it is it's this yes. idea we're always self-aware even when we're not we are yeah and in that moment of of playing music where art it becomes sort of a living thing it's 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 internal made external yeah and uh you lose yourself and you no longer you know you're communicating in a different way um and you're connecting in a different way so you become one with you know it's this sort of spiritual intercourse Oh, I like that. The you... musicians and the crowd and the band, you know. Hey, your your next album's going to be called Spiritual Intercourse, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's yeah. lovely. I like that. Could be a band Thank name. You. That really could. If you yeah, if maybe, you see yeah. if you that'll see that'll be my side. That'll be my. Oh, I, 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 I was totally just going to rob you of that and say that's going to be my side project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's cool. But look, I completely agree, and you're absolutely right about it. it it's it's not about it's not about size of audience. It's not about where you are. It's, it's there's just you know you, you you cannot, and I guess this is part of the attraction. You can't put your finger on on mm-hmm. why. You it's intangible. Yeah, truly. Oh, there you go. You can't distill it down to it, it. It's a number of things, and we know what they are. But there's there's an X factor as well that you just can't. Mm-hmm. That... I think we might, as writers, because you're you're you, you know, I always find that uh, the good stand-up comedians are sort of the the philosophers of our day. <laughs> they're base. They're taking yeah everyday events, making them relatable, and yet also putting in either you know there's always the uh the moral of it wrapped up in one way or the other whether you learn something terrible or you learn something you know something joyous or you know you just learn something there's always that moment there but i suppose that that appears in the writing um yeah those moments of getting lost in that moment and that aha moment whereas music when when that moment and it's live and on stage and i guess it could even happen in a rehearsal room but there is that moment of that aha moment that you actually share with other people and you're sort of part of a composition and well, that might yeah. be that might be also part of it it's just it is it's so it's an intangible it really is it's an elemental thing it's just it's hard to describe how do you describe air well you, you what is it well you've yeah. actually you've actually hit um the nail on the head there for one thing for me for sure and that is um um, I when when I quit the band and back in the day and went into comedy, mm-hmm. it was because I'd had enough of working with other people, and yeah. I'd had enough of uh, having 
them either in you know it, it kind of not interfere but you know what it's like yeah ultimately sure, yeah. i just wanted to have control and then after 16 17 years of control going back to an environment where you're actually able to share that feeling of um you know creating stuff mm-hmm. and and having and and basically you know it, it, rather than being on stage on my own being on stage with four other people it was just like wow this is this is going like this is going like from no sex to group sex this is right. you know <laughs> it, it's like yeah. this, this is nuts and but the weird thing for me as well is actually being able to come off stage and for that vibe to continue and to be able to talk and interact with people about it because when you're a comic and you come off stage the only people in the dressing room are other comics and they do not want to <laughs> fucking hear it <laughs> yeah, yeah they've either just been on or or yeah or they're either going on or they've already been on and mm-hmm. either way either way you know it, we're, we're comics and it's it's like it was your gig dude it wasn't mine so i don't want to fucking right. hear about yeah. it you know it's like basically trying to interact with another band after they've played yeah yeah absolutely totally. yeah yeah totally yeah get it. yeah mm-hmm. and um uh, and so so like rediscovering that i was like oh my god this is and and as you said there you know when you were saying about you know it could even be in a rehearsal um you know we're right you know we're writing an album at the moment and there's times where you look at each other and you know you know what it's like when everybody looks at each other and that look mm-hmm. is you're all experiencing the exact same thing at the same time which is holy yeah. shit what did we just do <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's that it, again it's that eureka moment that aha moment where yeah it is you know i i i've, I've seen it with my band where we've played the same set you know for two months in a row like we we barely have any days off when we tour uh, the states especially and so we'll play the same set every night and then there'll be this one moment when we step out in the crowd and they'll everybody feels it like it's just it's it's this energy that's just existing in the room and for us it's it's we've got to keep it fresh because we've played the same show every night so i improv a lot which yeah. drives my musicians kind of mad but um the when you walk out and you just feel the energy and it's and it's just there and it's 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 the in the air you breathe and it's just it changes no matter what kind of day you're having or how exhausted you might be stepping out in that moment it's just it, you're it's infinite it's so it's so it's a spiritual moment especially if and especially if you're a person like me who has a hard time understanding religion yep and the way that it affects people i can understand those moments of of where you feel spiritual, where you feel something that touches beyond your mind and your 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 sense of reason, yeah. it touches something you know primordial within you. Yeah, and I think that's what you know art and music have, and, and for some reason it's just different with with the electricity of music. It is, and I think um, I mean over the years because I've done both, I've had I've had you know comics ask me what you know what's the difference. I've had musicians say what ask me what's the difference and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they say well, simply put, as a comedian, you are somebody who can make people laugh, and no matter how um, no matter how um, interesting your stand up might be or your story may be or the points that you're making, ultimately you are you're making people laugh, and and that's it, and basically everybody has had that kind of experience at one time or another Mm -hmm. of telling a story to somebody else and making them laugh but music not that you know for want of a better description because i like you 
uh, well, I'm a, just a car carrying atheist. Um, but I, I'm I, so I, you know, I struggle with the concept of soul completely. Yes. But I have indeed. to say that if it, it, if I could describe it, it the difference is music touches the soul. It it's, yeah. it 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 it, uh, it affects people emotionally the way that yes. the other things don't. Right. You know, it does. And I think, you know, like if you're listening, uh, you listen to um, if you can watch a, a TV program and you're still you're you're a part of it, but you're not. And yet music allows you to permeate people and it permeates you. And it is this sort of living art where, you know, you go see, I don't know, you can go see a Caravaggio painting and you can see his brushstrokes and it's like, oh, my God, you just that's him. And this is the this changed everything. And then. Yeah, okay, but it, you could see that maybe online, but if you see it, you can, it's very difficult to see one person all the time. And if you want to own it, how many millions of dollars and all this. But yet, you know, a song is a dollar. You know, if you want to buy one online, maybe it's a dollar fifty. you know, yeah. and, it, and it's something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. You'll remember your favorite song from when you were a kid or when your heart was broken or when you, your first love. or And, and to, to re-experience that song, no matter the distance of time, you'll be transported back to that moment yeah you know and that's also i think the magic of music well absolutely i mean so i mean i you know some of the biggest buzz that i that i get is if i see comments on youtube or something like that saying Mm -hmm. um oh this is the like this album got me into metal or these were the Mm. first this was the first band i ever saw live and you just think fucking hell really really did did i do that (laughs) yeah and that's amazing right yeah how that have that experience of being of of you know, being someone's introduction or their, their, their you're their memory now. Well, you that's know, we it. We all have yeah. ours, and now you're that person. That's it. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, Black Sabbath got me into metal, and I'm looking at going, what? I'm your Black Sabbath? That's insane. Yeah. You know, amazing? That's yeah, that, fucking I just crazy. love that. And, you know, yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I've done spoken word stuff. I did, I've done poetry, and I do, I do, I've given speeches, political speeches at rallies and things. I've never done something as, uh, I think what you do, I wanted to mention this earlier when we were having, uh, earlier when we were first talking, but I just think that's amazing. I mean, the, the gift of, of laughter is such, is also got to be so incredible to, to do, to walk into a room where people are looking to laugh and wanting to laugh and you're able to make them laugh. I think that's, that's brilliant. You know, you're bringing joy to, to, to people into a world that definitely needs a lot more joy. <laughs> oh, well, th- thank you very much. I, I I really appreciate that. And and um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm kind of it, it, the situation you described there is kind of like some people say that must be that must be so hard. It's like no, no, no. That's cool. That's mm. that's I'm absolutely mm. fine with walking into a room full of hundreds of people and make uh, who want to laugh and making them laugh. It's walking into a room full of hundreds of people who aren't bothered about laughing. That's the fucking tough one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that's the one that's, that's really it's, scary. It's about, it's about recognizing the room too, right? Understanding oh, the different energies you, of people. You know, you know, yeah. you, you front a band, you've done spoken word and stuff like yeah. that. You know exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I know that, I mean, we'll, I, I have to explain to some, because we'll, our, you know, a few times our musicians come, they've never really toured nationally. They've only done local shows. So I have to explain to them, um, you know, okay, so when we play this particular state and this city they don't move a lot during the shows yeah but or during the songs after in between the songs they're riotous and crazy while we play this particular city loves to enjoy the music and they don't move a lot so but don't take that personally that's just yeah and sometimes literally 
I have to do nothing. I walk out and people are raucous and wild and ready to go. Yeah. And there's sometimes you got to coax them a little bit. You got to make them feel comfortable amongst each other. Sometimes they want confrontation. Sometimes they want to be challenged into these emotions. And, you know, it is, it is a, I think it's a, that's part of either, you know, being a, a, an orator or uh, an orator or, or being some fun band that it's your yeah. job to know your audience and to. I, some, some nights, some nights you are the host of the party and some nights you're security. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you're the drunk yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the yeah. wild one that that's it yeah we some, don't drink but yeah. you know you're the you're the one that is to be the 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 clown the one that gets everybody going whether they they want to or not that's, that's, that's important some, i mean i especially for me i i don't ever want to step onto a stage and not have an experience so that's been you know a bit of a test for me over over the years uh yeah to be able to you know like understand that uh, this isn't just a, a, my show; it's also everybody else's show too. So, you know, the fans are there, and I have to make sure that I'm I don't get. Sometimes I would get my feelings hurt, like oh, these they didn't they didn't like us, and what uh, did we do? What did we no. do? But then it's really just knowing, like, no, these are just everyone. It's a different atmosphere down here. It's a different culture. You know, they're not used to our kind of music, but it's which is I think. I like to call it a mutiny of the senses because I expect you to leave that place feeling like you just had all of your senses, you know, come alive and that you walk out, you know, at least a limping. I don't know. Maybe I'd breathing say, heavy. I, I, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe just in a state of complete orgasmic bliss. Yes, indeed. I <laughs> well, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a unique thing. And... Uh, I know what you mean about uh, wanting to have an, a, a, an experience and a unique experience every time you go out there. But also it's funny about, like you're saying, like, you know, you used to get hurt. That's like the first rule of stand-up is no self-esteem in your act. Mm. It is that, you know, you, you can't do it. You can't come off stage saying they didn't like me. They didn't like what you did. Right. You, you know, yeah. it's because it's otherwise, and I've seen it happen to people, you know, they just yeah it just ruins them as people because you yeah know, they lose all and it confidence can, and it, it, it'll cause you know whether people will admit that they've been uh hurt by it or not you know it, it's it's a human you're a human being of course you're going to be affected by by people and and their reaction and it's i guess it's either you become jaded which is the normal i think a very common thing that happens in a lot of entertainers or people that are in the public eye in this way um, they basically become jaded or it destroys them from being able to ever do it again. And yeah. I'm trying to walk the line between all that and just understand that, you know, I just got to do what I do best. And a lot of times, too, I'll think, oh, we just had the worst show ever. That was terrible. And then I do a meet and greet after the, after every show, which lasts sometimes longer than our show. <laughs> um, yeah. I go directly from the stage to our our merch area to, to do meet and greets with people. And we don't, and I meet everybody in line. I don't charge people. I just meet everybody. Yeah. And I take photos and autographs and everything. And, and these, uh, it, it, I'll think, Oh man, it must sound awful. It was probably really terrible. And then they'll just be like, Oh, that was the greatest show of my life. Yeah. And like what? Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Good. yeah right. uh, you, hey. you know, you know what? That's exactly, exactly the same. It's in the, exactly the same in music and in comedy. And, the, and what you forget is, Hey, you know what? That was the only show they've seen. Yeah. That they don't see, they don't see brilliant one night. They don't see not very good the other. They just see mm -hmm. the one show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, and, I agree. and sorry, I was just going to say as well. The, the, the last thing you want to do is is be that person who turns around and goes, "Really, we were fucking awful tonight." And they're like, "No, yeah, no. you never want to see that." Yeah, yeah. you're like, "Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it." You know, it's yeah. like, "Oh," and then deep inside, you're like, "Whew, good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sigh of relief. Yeah. Sigh of relief. Yeah, got away um, with that one." You. Yeah, and, and you know, there's always going to be some joker that comes up. It's like, ah, you guys are better two years ago. It's like, ah, okay, dude, fuck off. Like, you know. Yeah. What are you talking about? You were better two years ago. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, so were you. So were you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate that. I hate that so much when people tell me that. Oh, you guys are, or, you know, somebody always has to say something. I like my hair. I cut my hair. I was like, oh, uh, I liked it better long. Well, thanks, man. You know, you can grow your hair long. Or keep looking at those photos. Why do you? Why do you need to feel the need? To, why are there no filter on you? Like, why do you yeah. need to tell me every thought that comes into your brain? And you know, and you know what? That's only got worse with social media. Oh, but man, has it? Yeah, it's it's, it's really you know. And I will get I get some pretty gnarly people sometimes, and sometimes it's just some troll that wants to you know some jackass that wants to to uh get some attention or just you know he's bored and he wants to have some fun or something and then there's some people that are kind of disturbed and they'll send me messages and you can tell the difference i mean you can tell the difference between someone who's just nagging and being strange and uh to someone who's actually got some issues but if someone and then there's people that'll just outright threaten me and usually i just tell them okay dude come to a show i'll guest list you <laughs> you know, I will. You say you're gonna punch you in the face? Okay, fine. Here, just tell me where show you want to come to, and we'll see. You know if that's yeah. actually what you're gonna do, or, or if you just feel really brave right now on your phone because you're looking at a tiny screen and typing words into it with your thumbs. But yeah. you have to physically interact with people to carry these things out. And I think that the anonymity of the internet, plus that that sort of power of being able to to communicate your thoughts, no matter how you know, unnecessary they are to communicate. I think that has empowered a whole class of people, especially if you label them, if you call them whatever, millennials or, or whatever. Ah, say, yes, the mythical millennials. The mythical millennials, which yeah. I, I, when people, when I didn't understand that term when it first came about, and then I say, okay, who are they actually talking about? And I'm like, oh, these are the people that are trying to change the world. All right, I'm down for that. And But now it's it's so, it's, it's now just cast us cast about like to everybody that has an opinion. Oh, it's a millennial. I don't think you would know what that term means. No, you're just calling people that. Um, but yes, I mean, we are now functioning under a generation. That's all they've ever known is this method of communication. Yeah. All they've ever known is two decades of war. You know, there's never been a time when there wasn't war going on. And and the thing um, is, you no, but you're right. What they'll do is, you know, you're saying about the filter earlier. Basically, mm. what they'll what they do is they'll come up and they will say a comment that they would make on, uh, you know, on a, yes. on a message board or something like that, because they they they, they don't have <laughs> that filter. You know, it's just like I yeah. mean, a, a friend of mine is um, had a he had a vocal op um, and. Um, he um uh he it was like they did the new album and they they were touring this guy came up and he was like look uh he's like yeah i really really don't like your vocals on the new album they're not not anywhere near as good as they were on the previous album and and he was just like i said what would you do did you punch him <laughs> you know it's like you know what do you do with that? oh we've gone on hold again damn it happened. Yeah, I was uh, I was on hold again. <laughs> you know what happens is that uh, that was a phone call. That was my ah. label calling, which they're very brilliant people. 
to call me when they know that I'm scheduled to do interviews. Oh, um, right. So oh, they that's just okay. got a just... got a nice word for me. Oh, but... um, well, uh, uh, a friendly word. Oh, right. Okay. Well, it was the friendly word to say um, you, you've got another interview? You need to can this guy you're talking to now. No, they were calling about. Uh, they were calling about something else. I was. I gave them a friendly word about. Uh, oh. Two words. It was fuck off. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was nice. actually a sentence. Fuck off. I'm doing an interview, but uh, they. Got, I think they only heard was the fuck off because I hit. I hung up before I finished the sentence. Nice. Like it. Oh. Hello? Oh, yeah, hello, are you there? Yes, good. Cool, okay, now it just sounded like you kind of fell over or something. No, no. It's, uh, Skype's, Skype uses a weird um, compression so yeah. that any noise actually gets amplified. So even the minor noise, like me closing a door. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's, 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 it's like... It's like regular, it... Everything gets sort of compressed to the same setting now, so it's what they've... What do we? Uh, they call it in the studio. They call it um, the earbud compression. So yeah. everybody uses earbuds now. So they compress music and everything to all the same le- sound, sonic levels. Yeah. So when you shut, so when you shut a door, it sounds like you're pulling the drawbridge up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've just dropped a, 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 a massive truck. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You, concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Your dog. Your dog. That. Your dog sounds. Your dog sounds like a horse. Oh, uh, amazing! He thinks he's a horse. He does. He's very. He's actually really rather small, but he has no, I guess, awareness of how. The especially the little one. I have a Chihuahua. She's five pounds, but she thinks she's like a Doberman, and she has no fear in her at all. And I love that about her because she just doesn't know her. I guess she doesn't have any limitations because she doesn't perceive them to be limitations. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Well, you know, only being only being five foot five, I I appreciate that um, that vibe she's got going there. Big yeah, time. right on. Me too. I'm the same height. That's great. Oh, where really? Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You look you look a lot bigger on YouTube. A lot of people say that. Yeah. That's short. I'm like, I'm not that. I'm five five. That's not short. <laughs> well, that you're going to be like five eleven. Well, because I have a big voice. That's why. Okay. Well, funnily enough, um, yeah, it's good. It, for, uh, again, a, a friend of mine who's a lot more successful uh, stand-up comic um, uh, has a TV series, and he, he said he always used to. It's just a fucking great line. People say, "Oh, you're not as big as you are on telly, are you?" When they meet him, <laughs> "Oh, you're not as big as when you are on the TV." You're. Not, he goes, I don't know how big is your fucking TV. <laughs> it's just yeah. awesome, it's amazing. Yeah, but um, I well, funny. Yeah, yeah, so I, I was. How big am I on a record? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but your voice sounds bigger. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my voice made me sound taller. I gotta be honest. Your voice sounds about six one. Oh, that's good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's, I'm 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 intimidated right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll take it. You yeah good good you do. oh wow it's already. I, I think I can hear a police car in the background. That is, this is Los Angeles, California. That's, so. oh yeah, but that, that's that's really cool though. Okay, so you're getting a drink of water there? Sounds like there's a river in your room. We have, oh man, we have, I'll <laughs> tell you, they, it's, it's, it's sirens. I mean, I'll have people come visit from other places and they're just like, how do you, how do you sleep with the sirens? I'm like, I don't even, it's, don't even notice it anymore. It's all background noise now, you know. Yeah. So, it's just, you live in... It's constant motion here in the city. Always, always, always. Have you always? Uh, is that uh, actually? You're from LA, aren't you? Or did you grow up in New York? Yeah, I'm right. Okay. I've lived in a few places in and around California. I lived for a time in Texas. Which uh, I love Texas. I love the people of Texas. But then there's a large majority of 
conservatives there that I don't necessarily care for. Um, well, I was, I was, I was amazed, politics. didn't I? I was amazed, didn't um, uh, uh, Hillary won um, won Texas, didn't she? She did. She yeah. won Texas. That was surprising. And Bernie won Oklahoma, which is probably even more surprising. Now you in see that he, you know, Oklahoma is probably more conservative than Texas, if you can imagine that. Really? Um, <laughs> well, because it is. Texas is bigger. It's the biggest state in the union. Yeah. Um, Outside of Alaska, but in the connected in the lower yeah. forty-eight, as they call. Yeah, with more um, than with more than like fifteen hundred people living it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. And I think it's just in that area, especially of like that you know, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, those areas. They all have different cultures. Oklahoma and Texas are pretty similar, although they'd argue with me, desperately argue with me that they're not the same at all. But even though their borders connect, um, but it was you know for him to be. For Bernie Sanders to win a state in the South that's that big, that's not establishment, as an atheist socialist, democratic yeah. socialist, we'll say, I'll correct that. Ooh. As an atheist, as a democratic socialist, uh, to win a, a big state like that uh, is is important. Although it is mostly, um, there's not a lot of diversity in that state with regards to race. So right. that kind of probably, I think that's what the pundits are saying today is the reason why he won it. I have a hard time with a lot of Americans who don't understand that we already live in democratic socialism here. Most of our government programs are, are socialists. They just don't understand it. They don't, they've, they've heard that word socialist for so long that they think it means, you know, it's, well, it's it communism, means, basically. It's so communism, it, yeah, right. it's the, yeah, it's the thin the, end of the wedge. It starts with socialism. It's then communism. And then we're all in. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Or yeah. that they just they don't know the difference between communism and socialism, and they don't know that they're competing ideologies, and they don't understand the difference between you know they used to call President Obama a socialist, communist, Marxist, Muslim, Christian, <laughs> and they believe that they really they didn't mean that as like a joke. They really thought that he was a Marxist and a socialist and a communist, and he was also a Muslim and, and he was a, Christian. Also a Christian. Wow, that's a lot. How they were able to put all that together. How, because those words sound scary. How does he? How does he do it? I mean, we thought we were busy, you know. Yeah, I know. But look at the right? plates he's juggling. He the time. Yeah, he's got religion in the air. He's got. Yeah. You know how the hell's he doing all that? He's um, he's managing to he's managing to embody two um uh, philosoph- two political philosophies and yes. two religious philosophies. That, I mean, wow. You know, well, three if you if you consider Marxism. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. So there's three of those. He's able to somehow find a way to do that. It just, those things sound scary here. Yeah. So they don't, they don't understand the difference. Um, they, they don't understand the difference between a, a Hindu and a Muslim here. Yeah. Uh, so it's very, it's very difficult to, to explain, well, our fire department is democratic socialism. Our military is democratic socialism. Our community hospitals, we do have those that the state pays for. They're not very well funded. Um and they don't, it takes, it's, it's where you go when you are poor and you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And we have those, um, fire department, police department, military, all those things are, are paid for by the society, which is socialism. And yeah. so, uh, I was surprised at, 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 uh, that win last night, Hillary, I, I expected, you know, she's been in the public eye a long time. She's accomplished quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and so she's so, but that was a big win in Texas. Um, I was surprised at Ted Cruz. I mean, the Republican side is even more 
baddie. Well, you have Donald Trump, who is oh, perhaps yeah. the, the weakest can, uh, candidate we've ever had running for president, running against even weaker candidates. I mean, fr- I, I suppose I should say frontrunner, weakest frontrunner we've ever had, beating up the weakest candidates we've ever had on the Republican side, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, and uh, those, those that gang of nitwits. I mean, it's actually pretty amusing to watch what it's kind of devolved into now. Just... You know, for us, there was always, I don't know, some sense of like everybody's playing the same game and then Trump just comes along and he's like, I'm just going to insult my way to the nomination. Yeah. I'm going to insult you. I'm going to insult the media. I'm going to insult a whole race of people. Yeah. And then he gets he's able to denounce, you know, Hispanics. He's able to denounce Muslims on the spot. Like, yes, we're kicking, we're building a wall. We're keeping all the Mexicans out. We're banning all Muslims from this country. But when he's asked about a white supremacist, He's like, oh, I've got to think about it. Where do I stand on that? Yeah. And it's like, I think he probably wanted to, to, to really, he probably couldn't remember if the guy was as orange as he is. <laughs> well, the thing is, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird watching from over here because um, obviously we do politics slightly differently. Um, yes. And uh, it, it's kind of like, Watching over here, um, I mean, Trump has has uh, managed to um, provoke some reactions from some pretty amazing organisations over here. Um, mm. His line about um, that some of the uh, some of police police officers in London and there's areas that they're f- afraid to go because it's been so radicalised. Yes. Um, the Metropolitan Police actually came out and said we would not normally comment on anything in the public eye by any politician to do with the policing of our city. But in this case, we're going to make an exception. Mm. And they and they and I, I, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And then, he, yeah. he, you know, and then the, we we st- we have a system over here whereby if you go online and start a, and start a petition. If you get, I can't remember the exact figure. I think it's about five hundred fifty thousand. But if you get like about half a million signatures on your online petition, then it has to be debated in the House of Commons. Mm. It has to be debated in the Houses of Parliament, and um, and uh, keeping Trump out of the country, banning <laughs> Don- banning Donald Trump from ever being able to come into this country, got the requisite number of votes, and they had to wow. debate and they had to debate it in Parliament. Yes, I, you know what? I did. I saw a bit of that on the news, and I, first of all, it was amazing. Second of all, it's it's shameful, and I, I apologize that you guys even bother with that. As an American, I'll be a spokesman and say I'm sorry for all other Americans that we've <laughs> we've, we've 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 been bamboozled. A, a certain population has been bamboozled, and and it's it all. It's people can try to find. The, the niche of why he's so popular. They can try to, to sort it out. There's many, you know, oh, he's a reality TV star. He's Donald Trump. He's been, the Trump name has been associated with wealth in this yeah. country for a long time yeah. and power. And he comes along for years now since his, his popularity's been in decline for many years. I mean, he lost his The Apprentice. He lost the reality show. He lost the beauty pageant yeah. that he owned. All of his, many of his properties were being, um, uh, losing money and uh, being downgraded. Nobody wants to live in those. And it's he's, he had a modeling agency, a magazine, all these things. Um, and no, they weren't generating funds anymore, nor were they keeping him in the public eye. So he ran for president. And he said the most, I think, obscene things you could say to, to rile up a particular part of the party because he knew how he felt as a human being. I think he felt 
abandoned, left behind, all of these things. And he spoke to that part of the American population who felt abandoned, left behind. Unfortunately, that population is very small here. They're just very loud for him. Yeah. And so the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah. There's Donald Trump being a racist, being a sexist, being homophobic, and going around the country and stirring all those emotions up. And people in the Republican Party here who are Republicans don't ever want to admit that they're they're racist. They yeah. don't. They don't think they are. They have a black friend. They they know a Muslim. <laughs> yeah. You know, they didn't. They didn't. Call, they saw a Muslim walking down the street and they didn't call the cops. I mean, that's their their. They were so gracious not to call the police on a someone who wasn't breaking the law. Yeah. But for them, that's that's how they see it. They they don't think they are, but they are. And the the most sort of passionate people in their party are those people. I mean, he's been retweeting because he lives there in Twitter. He's been retweeting what white supremacist. He's been doing all those things, and I think that that's part of what inflames people is they feel like there's a certain population of white people in this country that feel that they've lost something because we had a. President Obama as, a, as, as our president. We've had equal rights gaining in this country for gays and lesbians, yeah. equal pay for women, which is, we had to sign that into law a couple of years ago, which is ridiculous. It's the 21st century, for God's sakes. Um, and so they feel like they've been, they've, they've been disenfranchised. They've had some of their superiority re- removed from them when it didn't exist anyway, other than the fact that it was allowed to be legislated. And so, and they 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 feel empowered by this man who comes along and says all these horrible things without any media scrutiny whatsoever. Right. Nobody takes him to task when he says he's going to build a wall that I think is longer than the Great Wall of China and didn't keep out any of the Huns. By the way, it didn't stop yeah. any invasions. Um, well, he def- says he's going to do that, and yet you say who's going to pay for it? Mexico's going to pay for it. How are they going? How are you going to enforce that? I just am. Well, not only, not only that, but it's like it's like well, you know, who who are the best people going to be to build that wall? It's fucking Mexicans, isn't it? That's right. You're gonna have yeah. to you're gonna have to yeah. employ. Well, there's, there's actually a st- there's a city, and I, I I it slips my mind at the moment, but there's a city in the United States that actually did this. They removed all the immigrants out of their city somehow, and their economy collapsed. Yeah, because well, it would there do. are people who come here, and we also have this we have this weird hypocrisy. Of people who come here for work and for jobs and from Mexico, and they're deemed illegal aliens. But people who come here from Cuba, when they enter in through California or Texas, they're called illegal aliens. When they enter in through Florida and Cuba, they're called refugees. Yeah. The same people escaping the same thing. They're coming here to get out of a regime, to make money for their families, to send it back to Cuba, to send it back to Mexico. Yet it's deemed differently because Cubans are a huge voting block in Florida. Yeah. So... And we, they, there hasn't, the Hispanic vote will be felt this year, truly felt this year, um, when he, he gets a night beaten like a drum in the general election. Well, we get, I and mean, that's what people have to look at really is the numbers because he's just not going to win by making white men angry. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He can make, he can make people angry. He can make a lot of people very loud and feel like they're being represented, mm-hmm. but ultimately He's insulting way too many, way he's too many other the groups. World. I mean, yeah. you know, he's and the, and he's a hypocrite. The fact that he says, you know, he says he's not going to do that. He, we shouldn't be doing business with we should make you know with China and Mexico. Yet you look at his products, Trump products, at his suits and his ties. 
Why are they made oh, in yeah. China and Mexico? Yeah, it's insanity. And yet again, here we have the media covering him, and he not only is he getting media coverage almost all day here. He if this guy walks outside and and you know sneezes, it's covered on the evening news, on the daily news every day. Donald Trump sneezed today. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that kind of thing. And not only that, but he's also being covered by the entertainment news here. Oh, that now that's just that's just fucking ridiculous. So there's no other candidate that's on entertainment tonight or on TMZ or, you know, on on um, on those all the other whatever the, all the other entertainment t- uh, programs are as well. He's on all of those. So they've made it possible where he claims he's self-funding, which he is. And he's gotten about seven million dollars from donations. And he also gets paid back from the Republican Party. Uh, if he is the nominee, he gets he gets his money paid back from all the investment that he's all the loans he's given himself. He gets that money paid back. So he's not really self-financing. The Republican Party's going to finance it. They get it from donors and super PACs, everything he's claiming that he's not doing. Yeah. And, you know, um, he's got he has to spend very little of that money, though, on TV ads because he's on TV. And when he's on TV, he's yeah. giving press. He's either giving speeches and where he just says things like, we're going to do it. It's going to be terrific. You won't even believe it. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Right? It's like I won't believe it. Yeah. It's like he's like advertising winning the lottery to everybody. Yes. You, you know. And that's what like, people believe. They think he's going to make them all rich. And how's he going to do it? He's just going to do it. He's a businessman. Forgetting how horrible corporate businesses have been to, yeah. to us. And that's why we needed the government to make laws. Yeah. So that we didn't have child labor you know we have child labor laws because they were like putting six-year-olds to work you know well i, I, mean, I yeah i heard him i heard him saying you know i you know don't i i you know we we can together we can make america great again and it's like well right what where's well who, who says it's who? not you know, for yeah. who yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 when's it going to be great again for for black people because it hasn't been very great for them in this country for you know till about maybe 30 years ago and we're still the police are still killing them in the streets here yeah uh, for gay people when has that ever happened oh we just got rid of doma which is the defense of marriage act which made it illegal for gay people to marry in this country yeah even though it's it's a civil contract between two people it's that's all it is you go to a church if you want to but here you don't you just go to the you go to the courthouse and you get a you get a marriage license and then you sign it and then you turn it back in and that's all it is it's a it's for taxes it's for that kind of thing if they made it illegal for gay people. That just happened. You know, make get, great again for who? For women. We just had the right to vote in this country since the 1920s. Yeah. So he, he says that, and, you know, people love the idea of, yeah, America's terrible. It's Our country is in trouble. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because they feel... Well, fear sells. Like it is. Fear, fear, it was, fear will get people out of their houses and ticking boxes. You know, I mean, you know, no one, no one's going to vote for the guy who says, "Do you know what? Things aren't really that bad." You know, there's, yeah, there's, right. there's some stuff that it's we need to be, do. We got to keep pushing forward to make to realize the the, the potential of our capacity, or it has to be it's horrible. And you know, this our the thing is is like we don't we have such historical amnesia in this country. Maybe it's in every country, but it's especially great here when we're when. You think we're, when we're supposed to be this, this bastion of democracy, this beacon of democracy in the world, and you look back and you go, okay, so eight years ago, things were really horrible here. We had George W. Bush and Dick Cheney as president. We started two wars. The economy was crashing. 
People, the job rate, nobody had jobs here. The housing market, people were being evicted from their homes into the streets. We didn't have health care for, for everybody here. We, we have it now, sort of. But 27 more million people have health care in this country than they did before eight years ago, which means they're healthier, which means they're not a burden on the taxpayers. Yeah. And yet he's going to spout around with these stupid red hats saying he's going to make America great again. And it's just like, and people are buying into it. And then you ask him, okay, do you know that he filed for bankruptcy four times? And you know who got hurt? Not him. He yeah. got paid. He filed bankruptcy, so he would have to pay everybody else. And yeah. That means the working people, the contractors, the carpenters, everybody who were building those projects didn't get paid. He's talking about you, your families, not him. That dude got his money. Why well, he lives in a why well, he's got a gold bathtub. Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah. That's why he's orange. He wants, he's trying, I think he's trying to turn himself into gold. Like he, I think he wants to be Midas or something. I, nobody can – he has cataracts or, or something's wrong with this man because nobody can look in the mirror and go, I look good with, this, with that shade. I want to be basketball orange. Can someone I, – I, I want to know how somebody with that much money um, can't get a decent hair transplant or, oh or, or something. It's, well, if, uh, there's a quote from I think his first wife's book where the reason he does that comb over like that is because he had, he was trying he got surgery or something to um to fix a bald spot and they botched it they moved his hairline too low or something like that oh right okay. so now he has that's why he has that horrible hair but yes you think about a guy like hey man you know you don't want to just trim that a little bit comb it over just a little yeah. bit and yeah. just a little bit no something that's a little up to date but now it's become if you see just the image of that hair and some sort of an icon, you know who that is. It's become so iconic of, of, of and representative of what this man is, the hair. Oh, well, okay. The orange skin and the hair. Uh, here's, 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 um, here's iconic for you. Uh, the other day there was, um, there was a, um, a quiz online from a mm. UK newspaper called The Guardian. And there was a quiz on there, and it was called, it was called, um, guess the quote, Trump or Hitler? Oh my god! And basically, it was twenty questions. It was it was like twenty or fifteen quotes, and basically you had to read the quote, and then you you clicked on either a picture of Donald Trump or a picture of Hitler. Wow! Um, and that's the that's the kind of fun the rest of the world is having with your Indeed. with well, your he, presidential he, he debate. Mussolini, and they told him it was Mussolini. He goes, well, a quote's a, a good quote's a good quote." Oh, so fucking ask, brilliant! Ask, uh, brilliant! People that he said that a good quote's a good quote. Jesus Christ! That, however, uh, is a sh- that, that however, ironically, that is a shit quote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you know, for him. Uh, he's, he's really become this, you see how, like people always ask questions, you know, especially now students of history will say, how did these tyrants take control in other places around the world? How did Hitler come to power? How did Mussolini come to power? This is how. Oh yeah, this is, this is how, yeah. People listened and didn't question and they fell into the rhetoric. Yeah. And I mean, they're, you know, they were able, they didn't, they didn't pay attention and I think it's different this time because people are paying attention. He's he's taking notes right out of their books, though. I mean, allegedly he was he's a big fan of the Nazi Party and how they came to power. Um, so uh, that's again quotes out of his wife's book. I guess he had 
book the he had Hitler's biography or something next to the bed and would read it all the time. But well, here's the, you know the man that is running for president of the United States. It's um, wanting yeah. to wall us in from around the world. I wrote this piece recently because uh, this website. It's very funny. I told you we started off the the the. Oh, I think I have to go soon. We started off okay, the cool. um, this podcast with talking about how I'm the one that people love to hate. Right? Yeah. Well, there's, there's that that exists in all forms, even in the media. So there's this access website, and they're kind of a uh, like they're a music. They're like a music TMZ or a metal TMZ, I suppose. Hard rock, aggressive music teams, but they just, they despise me. They hate everything that I stand for, um, <laughs> which is surprising to me because you know, we're supposed to be, you know, it's so we're musicians. We're supposed to be rebels, outlaws. We're supposed to stand for something, not just fall in line with the with the party rhetoric, I suppose. But um, absolutely, they yeah. were actually they. The, I, I spoke to the people. They they uh, and they they like the fact that I'm controversial or I'm deemed controversial. And so they asked me to write this piece on 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 uh, a contributing piece to the to their site, and so I wrote this funny little op-ed, and I did it as someone who was a citizen of the Trump states of America, and how that would feel sixteen years into his leadership, right? And you know, basically, what he would want is to wall off America, and I wish that and and you you know utilize. He would become emperor, I suppose, and then yeah, and then we'd have hopefully we'd have a civil war in this country again if that one ever came to power, and then we'd wall off half the United States for Trump states and the regular rest of us. And on one side would be this big, dark, gloomy batch of you know smoggy uh, fortress, and then next to it would be these just like rolling grasslands and meadows and you know beautiful forests. <laughs> trees scraping the sky and you know just where you know we alternative energy and healthcare for all and we're moving forward and with science and and wisdom and over yeah. there is this this conservative place that's suffocating under its under the ruler under the leadership of this man who is just you know feeding off of this feeding his ego every day with how amazing and huge he is and all this and and uh it, it it didn't even seem difficult to write because yeah it it's it's there already you know well yeah i mean it's it's uh, i i look i i over here we we really the the second um george w bush term we didn't see that yes. coming we were really we were convinced over here that he was going to get a pass but uh, you know it, you you gave him a second term that's fine um it, you know it is what it is but um, yeah. we are all just really fucking hoping that this is just this is just a joke, um, and that. Well, I don't think he. Did, I think he started out as a joke. But I don't think he thinks it's a joke anymore. Yeah, I think he thought it would be a way for him to sell more books and to get back in the public eye. And then it turned into this thing like, oh my god, I'm actually winning. I'm saying the most horrible things in the world, and I'm actually winning. Um, and now it's turned serious for him. Yeah. And I think. Oh, it's turned, uh, it's well, turned serious for us all. Huh? It's turned serious for us all. Yeah, no joke. And you know, you have China, the like the pre- the leaders of China who are saying, releasing press statements. It's like we're all partners in this world, and his rhetoric is dangerous to our 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 future as allies. This oh is the God. and this is the fucking Chinese for fuck's it's sake. The Chinese and <laughs> Americans don't understand. Most of them have never left their city. Let alone their state. 
Yeah. So they don't even understand. They've never seen the other side of the world. They, they, you know, I, I recommend everyone to travel. You have oh, yeah. to see it. You have to experience, even if it is getting out of your, go to another state, see how people live and understand that it's, it's, it, we're all the same, but we're all very different as well. And, and they don't get that China is very powerful and China has, China is a superpower in the world. And, you know, they, they're a sovereign nation. They have every right to defend themselves. But here they are responding to Donald Trump. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's quite... Of all people. But this, you're, talking, you're talking about a government that still, right? One, one of the... Um, well, what's the punishment for tax evasion in China? Oh, it's mm. death. Right. Yeah. That's what we're talking. And these people are coming out and saying, look, OK, we do this. But him, he's he's fucking terrible. Yeah. You know? And, you know, he, he has he's got hotels in Saudi Arabia. I mean, this guy. Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is yeah. the definition of hypocrisy for sure. And but, you know, I, I think from what I can see, we are we, the only fear we have is of Donald Trump winning is if everyone else running collapses into a, into another dimension or something because yeah. he won't be he won't be the democratic person there's too many people that as much as there are people that are lining up behind him at these rallies a lot of them are coming out they're not voting for him they're just coming out to see the circus yeah absolutely you know, they're just coming out to see the they the, get, they're the, going to a gig they're going the to a show they're going to a live show that's right because yeah. he doesn't say anything if you listen to him he just he gives he doesn't give any specifics he just says we're going to do this. We're going to make America great again. We're going to build a wall. I'm not telling you how. Yeah. We're just going to do it. Yeah. And he thinks that he has more power as president because he doesn't want to be president. He wants to be king. You can't run a country the way you run a corporation. You are only one third of the government. The Speaker of the House in our, in our Congress has more power than the president. Yeah. And he doesn't understand that. But he even said yesterday that uh, the Speaker of the House, if he didn't, because our Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. Oh, yeah, he's going to say we're going to fall out or something, isn't he? And it's going to be worse for him than it is for me or something like that. Yeah, he did. He said, you know, he's either, he's better get, learn to get along or it's going to be, he's going to, you know, he's going to learn a hard lesson or something. It's like, you can't threaten the Speaker of the House, dude. That's not, we have a constitution. But it, but it's but it's also, it's what he does. It's like, it, I mean, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's the master of misdirection. If somebody queries, like you say, if somebody questions how you're going to do that or how you're going to do that, he'll either go on a personal attack Mm. Or he'll bring them down as to, oh, right, so you don't think it's a good idea, so you think it is a good idea for A, B, C, D, E. He's good at misdirection. Marco Rubio calls him a con man. He is a con man. And what I love about him is that that the only way, the true way to defeat him is not to just sit there and let him beat you up. You know, I used to box. So as a fighter, you got to be able to counterpunch. And then once yeah. you, you once you recognize that that person can't take that, then you have to be go on the offensive because that's usually how people fight. They usually fight how they uh, they, they as a reflection of their personalities. Pieces. That's right. And yeah. so he he doesn't like to, he can't handle being um, attacked personally. So he attacks personally. And so when they started doing it here, it, it threw his whole game off. He did not know how to respond to that. He didn't know how to deal with it. It also took away some of the magic. It wasn't some bully up there anymore. Yeah, some giant orange bully who was, you know, in, insulting everywhere, everyone, and getting away with it. It was actually like, oh wait, other people can insult too. And it's so funny. We have a program here on HBO uh, uh, by John Oliver. It's this week by John Oliver, and he's good. Old, good old John. Good old John. I know. I know. John. I know John from way back. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Do you ever see his program here? Oh, love it. 
It's it. We it's we we, we get we get it. We get it a day or two after you. Oh, it's fucking mm. brilliant. The one the one he did when they opened when they started the church. That was yes. just oh man. And they and they made they he made that change. I wish he was on every night because we need that kind. It, it unfortunately he's only on once a week. Donald yeah. Trump is on all day, so we don't have <laughs> we don't have quid pro quo here. There's no equilibrium. There's no equity. Yeah. And, well, no, he's... and that's what was great about John Stewart and the Daily Show. But John Oliver this week. So funny. Apparently he found out uh, some journalist commented on that because Donald Trump is a tall man, but he has small hands for right. a tall man. Okay. So this week they talked about that, how this journalist had made this comment 20 years ago or something about how Donald Trump had small hands. And it was either in a book or a, a magazine article. But Donald Trump to this day, this is 20 years ago. To this day, we'll send that man a photograph, a random photograph, where it's Donald Trump's hands are visible. Donald Trump will send him a photograph wow. of him with his hands circled in gold sharpie, and it'll say something like, see, they're normal. Or oh, it's like, wow. like and then, then Marco Rubio brought it up, and then Trump was like really nervous about it. He was talking about it in his speeches. He's like, someone said I had small hands. My hands are normal size. Look, everyone. Oh, you know what people fucking tell me? They hell. Say, they say, Donald, you have beautiful hands. <laughs> no one says that. No one tells you, you <laughs> a man has beautiful hands. Especially Donald Trump. Who tells you that? Yeah, nobody you've got bully. two hey. big orange gorilla flippers. You know, yeah, I would the... like to. But he really does have small hands for a big guy. <laughs> and that's hysterical. And, you know, they, they start making jokes about, what do you say about him? Size of a man's hand and all that yeah. stuff. And that's all whatever. It's getting very vulgar, vulgar over here for po- politics in America. But... The fact that he's so he can't let that slide. He can't let the, he had to address it in public, in front of a massive crowd, and on front of all every news channel in the world to let everyone know that his hands were normal size. But what's it's, this? That's and that's the way you had to attack somebody like him. Fucking hell! Have, how, you can't go after him after policy. How insecure? How insecure do you have to be? To, I mean, and and this the thing you is, do that well, for twenty years. To every now and then send this random journalist yeah. a picture of yourself with your hands circled and say, see, my hands are fine. Like, what? But that is some sort of desperate, insecure energy that, and, and stamina that I just won't know. I was like, okay, I got small hands, fuck off. Like, what? I, whatever. Well, like, but like you said, like you said earlier, you know, like you said earlier, you used to, you know, way way back in the day, you used to think, oh, they didn't like us, you know, and it bothered you for a little bit, and then you got yeah. over that. It's like Jesus Christ, you know. Get over the size of your hands, dude. You should Google that, dude. It's so hysterical. Well, I've Don't got um, talking um, about the size of his hands. Well, well I've At got a the John rally. I've got the um, I've got the show um, uh, downloaded, so I'm going to watch mm. it as soon as we finish up. Which watch that and then Google Donald's response. Right. Okay. Hysterical. I will. I will. It's hysterical. It just just happened. Like he, John Oliver came on this Sunday here. Yeah, we. Marco Rubio brought it up during the week. After the show aired, Marco Rubio started to use that attack line of attack. Oh, by Donald that's a, then oh, Donald right. Trump spoke about it yesterday. Oh, yeah, so okay. So next week, so next week, John will do the follow up on on yes. the on, on the uh, the ruptions that it's caused. That'll be awesome. Yes, well, I've got be so wonderful. That's brilliant. Well, look, um, I, you said look, I, I, as much fun as this be this has been, we could yes. um, could carry on all day. Um, well, I know, me too. I appreciate it very much. This has been a lot of fun. And oh, and, cool, uh, man. They're, um, they're trying to ring me. I've been ending the calls or trying to read me for somebody else but i've been enjoying this so much that i didn't want to go <laughs> but 
Thank you so cool. much for the opportunity and oh, the conversation. No, no, no. It was so much fun, really. Not at all. Otep, any, any time, you know, any time. Um, and um, if you, well, you know, if and when you get over to the UK, um, I'm going to come uh, I'm gonna come to a show and say hello. Wonderful. And it'd be really cool. Uh, I'm, I thanks so much for your time. I've really, really enjoyed this. Thank um, you so much. Me too. Yeah, please come. Come say hi. It's will, fun. absolutely. And yeah. totally, just best of luck with the album. Um, I, it's very rare that I find myself talking to somebody for so long and finding mm. that we just happen to agree on everything. This is, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. Um, it's awesome. but you, but you've got to, you know, if you, if you ever want to try stand up, let me know. Okay. Cause oh, there's, okay. there's some shortcuts and there's, we, if you could, if you do spoken word, you can, you can front a band, you can do stand up. I'm telling you now you can do stand up. Okay. okay. I've thought about it just in the ways that. You know, like uh, I just I didn't know where I'd to begin, but I've th- definitely thought about that kind of oh, you, of you, approach. It's surprisingly you'd you'd be if I taught if I could like work with you after yeah. half an hour, you'd be going, yeah, right, I get this. Okay, well, dude, I'd love to. Yeah, let's follow awesome. up with the emails and stuff. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fucking amazing. That's hey, that's now there's a there's a reality show for you right there. And in twenty right and, and in twenty years time, you can run for president. <laughs> Oh man! Cool. That, that, that's that's Trump has set the the the, uh, the foundation for presidential runs now. Twenty years of, of uh, reality TV. Oh, <laughs> awesome. State of America. Okay, brother. Thank you so much. I really no, appreciate it. Yeah, please been, stay in touch. Get my I, email from uh, whoever was it. Moni, who said that? Um, I'm not sure. I, I kind of get it was via someone, but I'll oh, I'll, okay. I'll tell him that you said give me your email and uh, and sure, and yeah, we'll absolutely. And we'll I mean, Cool. Okay. Like I'll, that, I'll, I was going to say, I'll make sure I blur that out of the, uh, Thank you. Of the interview. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just cut that. Just edit that part out. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll edit that part out and I'll just have that as an image of the whole podcast, you know, so everybody can just download Just your... my name. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. my private email. I'll That's it. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. Your address, your dog's <laughs> names. It's all good. <laughs> and then I'll come looking for you when you get over in Europe, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll guest list you. Right. Okay. got you (laughs) okay look it's been really cool have a lovely day and um i will speak to you soon thank you brother cool cheers take care bye-bye so um is she the coolest or what um i yeah i really really enjoyed that um it was really cool um i i have um i have emailed her um and uh hopefully we're gonna hook up when she's over here um, and I'm, and we may well end up uh, yeah, doing a little bit of uh, giving her a little bit of a, a crash course in stand up. Um, that'd be pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, uh, now there, there were points in that interview where uh, basically we had like three dropouts. So I'm uh, yes, <laughs> I edited it all together. Hey, clever me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do. Leave, I leave the shit in. I know you guys want to hear, but obviously, uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I I had to edit out her email address. That made fucking sense. Um, but it was really, really cool. Really, really, really cool. Um, she's yeah, she's just fucking immensely talented. Um, and j- just the, the 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 stuff that she's got lined up and yeah, it's just it's it's really cool. Well, you you, you know you heard it for yourselves, didn't you? Um, you're probably used to this by now as well. You know when I'm stalling, don't you? 
You know when I'm stalling, and what I'm stalling about at the moment is um, uh, I've I've you know just uploaded the file, and you know you're you're listening to it now, or rather you've just listened to it. Whilst that was going, what I could have done was actually um, you know find out the release date of um, Generation Doom, April the fifteenth. Okay, this is just a bit fucking bizarre, right? The album comes out on April the fifteenth. We got on really well. Going to you know hopefully get a chance to do some comedy with her, etc. The album release date, yeah, that's my birthday, April the 15th. Now, seriously, don't get me anything too big, all right? Um, I haven't got a great deal of room in the flat. Um, it's, it's very nice, it's very comfortable as it is, but I've got a lot of art, got a lot of you know, bits and pieces hanging around. But, so, so don't get me anything too big, okay? Um, if you just want to send money, that's absolutely fine. I won't be offended. I won't be offended at all. Um... You can you can send you can send money to PayPal UKAC at Acid Rain. Um, yeah, so just send send money to UKAC um, at AcidRain.co.uk and uh, and I'll consider that a birthday present. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'd be, uh, seriously don't. Okay, I'm not begging. I'm not that fucking desperate. Um, but feel feel free to um, to mug me off on April the fifteenth and uh, just slag me off in general um, on Facebook as is your want. Um, so anyway, um, going back to what's been going on in metal. Um, I don't know if anybody saw, but um, bring me the ri- bring me the horizon. I, I, I do you know what? I've fucking Mister Fuck. I'm gonna have to do a rant about me again, Mister. F- my my own lack of research. Well, not my lack of my own lack of research and preparation is starting to get on my own fucking nerves. So God knows how you lot feel about it. Um, now I'm I'm gonna have to do this. Bring me. I tell you what. I'm. Why the fuck should you have to listen to me being a fucking disorganised cock? Hang on a sec. Okay, so the wonders of technology there. Um, uh, the song is called Follow You, okay? Um, the video is fucking excellent. It's super hyper-violent, which is... I, I'm sorry. I'm a fucking caveman. I like violence. It can be almost balletic. See the Raid and the Raid 2, for examples. And anything fucking Bruce Lee Anyway, fucking hell. Tangent. Um... The the video for Follow You is it's it's hyper violent um, and uh, you know well you know I, I've I've already said it's hyper violent so there's not a lot more to say after that the point I'm making is that um, there's lots of human on human violence there's also um, a bit in it where a dog gets killed now um, some people don't seem to see seem to know how CGI works um, and um, there was a bit of an outcry about it and some of um, bullet uh, it uh, bring me the horizons fans moaned about it saying like oh uh, you know i'm an animal lover and that's bang out of order and um and and ollie sykes a singer with um uh bring me the horizon is also uh, also your fellow yorkshireman mentioned him on here before tried to get him on again after this but no joy because i actually tw- i actually tweeted out via the acid rain account basically saying like you know oh you you can you can kill hundreds of people in a video no problem but you kill one dog oh it's fucking outrage, and he's being accused of like saying, "Oh, I thought you know he's he's having his um his vegetarian and um and uh, animal lover credentials questioned and all the rest." Of it. It's like for fuck's sake, it was a CGI dog. It was very funny actually because uh, bullet. Um, uh, Premier Horizon's initial response was, "For those of you worried about the dog in the film, don't worry, he was getting old anyway." <laughs> 
<laughs> that is classic Ollie not giving a fucking shit. So yeah, I thought that was brilliant. I am going to get him on this podcast one day and you can just listen to two offensive Yorkshiremen fucking jabber on about shit um, instead of one. This annoying twat right here. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, 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 there was all sorts of people saying, oh, there should be a warning in the video. And but Look, the whole point about stuff like that is... You, have, you know, people saying, "Oh, I, I, I just don't want to see that." There should have been. I, I don't want to see. It. I don't need to see. It. Yes, you do. You need to. It's good to be um, appalled by things occasionally. It's good to be offended. It reminds you that you still can be. We live in a fucking bizarre, violent, beautiful, strange, wonderful world where shit can happen at any time, and occasionally especially us in the West, get a little bit cosseted in our lives and just think, like, you know, there's very little in my life that I don't want. And there's very little I do in my life that I don't want to do, frankly. And occasionally, it's it's good to be offended. That is your right. Yeah? They don't... No one has to put a warning on a video saying, oh, and by the way, a dog gets his head blown off on here. Right? Oh, oh, you were mortally... Oh, you didn't want to see that, did you? You can't unsee it. We'll grow up. It was a CGI dog. Yeah? Move on with your life. Move on. There may be more... I'll tell you what. Go to a dog's home. After watching the video, go to a dog's home. Adopt adopt a dog. There you go. You've done some good. Right? But people getting bent out of shape. Moaning and fucking... This is what I hate. Especially about the internet. Is ev- Oh, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. That's not a good idea that everybody's got access to the great leveller, the internet. As we all know. Trolls, etc. But... You know, people, it's this notion that I am offended by something, therefore no one should be allowed to see it. That is such fucking arrogance on an absolute monumental scale. The arrogance to say that you don't like something, it offends you, therefore no one should see it. It shouldn't be allowed. It's just absolute fucking bullshit. So go and watch that video, okay? The video for um, for Follow You. Watch it. Um, and uh, um, uh, yeah, warning: a dog gets its head blown off. All right, and it's a CGI fucking dog, not a real one. You stupid cunts! Fucking hell. Um. Anyway, I managed to um, managed to think have an aneurysm while I was doing that. Um, what else been going on? Oh yeah, um, the band Paragon. Um, have released new album Hell Beyond Hell uh, and I just wanted to give him a little shout out because it's fucking terrible um, the uh, sorry guys but you, you, quite clearly you're unaware that the 80s are over never mind the 90s the noughties and the two teenies or whatever the fuck we're in now right um, it, uh, yeah search it out if you fancy a laugh that's my advice <laughs> right um uh, I, I know that's, that's really cruel, but hell, you know, I, I mentioned them. That's that that's okay, isn't it? Um, also, the TV show. If, if anybody is not watching the TV show Vinyl at the moment because it is only available on Sky and Sky Atlantic at that, um, search out wherever you can. Um, I think it'll appeal to metalers certainly of a certain age. It's it, it metal isn't in there, but it is all about when record labels were just fucking. Just fucking... Okay, they were fucking everybody over, but everybody was making shitloads of cash, so nobody fucking cared. All right? People bought music. It, oh, it's another era. It's another world. And if you watch it and think, oh, right, was H around at that time? That's me, by the way. No, I fucking wasn't. I'm not that fucking old. But it's just an interesting fucking program, all right? 
Definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth checking out if you get chance. So anyway, um, one final thing to talk to you about, but I'm going to talk to about talk to you about that after um, my little chat with Scott Ian. Now, what happened here was um, it came up. Um, it was organised by uh, John Doe at All About the Rock. Thanks, John. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. As was the uh, Otep Shemaya um, interview as well. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So thank you very much for that, uh, John. So anyway, uh, that's not that, you know, it's not that Craig's been sat on his hands doing nothing, having a wanking competition with himself. Not at all. Busy guy, as am I. It's just that John managed to pull off two mega interviews for me this month. So total props to him. The reason why you're enjoying this podcast so much, down to him. If you're not enjoying it, also down to him. What a cunt. Um... No, mainly down to me. Uh, in fact, entirely down to me. For, for what am I talking about? I slagged myself off earlier. I've completely forgotten that. Um, anyway, the preamble to this interview is that um, it was supposed to be at 8 o'clock. And then the, then I was told, oh, no, um, it needs to be 6.30. And I was like, right, okay. My train gets in at 6.20. It gives me 10 minutes to get in the flat um, and, and, and set the laptop up. No problem. Okay. That wasn't going to be a problem until the train I was on just fucking stopped. And we were stopped outside my station for, you know, about 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, shit, this is not fucking happening. This is not fucking happening. Please. Then they make an announcement. Okay, we're not going to be able to stop at your station. Or the next one. They've got to go four stations past. Drops, drop us there. Then I've got to go to, then I've got to cross the platform, get a train to get back home and I'm thinking I'm not doing all this by half six no fucking way so the interview you're about to hear is conducted by me it was recorded on my mobile uh, there's an app for that folks um, it was recorded on my mobile and I was just walking around um, Hayes and Harlington town centre and when I say town centre I mean shit hole okay fucking dump i was walking around in the freezing cold for most of this interview i kept nipping in if, if you hear acoustics change at all i don't think you do but that's me going into tesco's and walking around tesco's a tesco's express to warm up and then going back out in the cold at the end of the interview i was so cold i was trying to text john and craig about how the interview had gone but my hands wouldn't work properly so anyway um uh, this is uh, it, it starts out great it was it was lovely to talk to him um, and um, yeah a true fan of metal we had a really good chat and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as much as I did so here it is here's me and Scott e and obviously the first thing we talk about is acid rain anyway here's me and Scott Ian hello hi is that Scott yes Hi, Scott. It's um, Howard from All About the Rock. Hi, how's it going? Hi, uh, it's going very well, man. But, yeah, I, I wish it was going well. Uh, I've just got um, I've just got kicked off a train that is not going to stop at my house, and it's just been an absolute nightmare. So, um, oh well. I, so I'm caught. I'm recording a call on my mobile. So apologies in advance for uh, what this sounds like when it comes out. But you know, such is life. No worries. No worries. Cool, man. Cool. Well, look, um, uh, I kind of. Um, I want to go back um, and explain some dealings that that you and I have had a long, long time ago. Um, I used to, well, I used to, I do sing in a UK thrash band called Acid Rain. Um, mm -hmm. And way back in the day, we put out a, a demo called Moshkinstein. 
I, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you had um, you had Maria Ferrero send me a copy of the first MOD album as a trade for the tape. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's been a few years, um, and um, uh, and uh, yeah, look, this is the first chance I've actually got to say thank you. That oh, was wow. man. That was really that was really really inspiring. I mean, you know, we. We were we were just a band with a demo. We went on to like you know put a few albums out and uh, and 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 have a career and we've kickstarted that that career again this uh, back in in 2015. But um, yeah, you you played you played a big part in that man. Thank you very much. Right on. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Everybody everybody at school was like, look, you know, you've got a copy of the new MOD album. That's all that matters. <laughs> Because of course, back you know, back then there was no such thing as a, a pre-release or anything like that, and you know, like, nobody knew it was even in the works. So to actually have a copy of it was just right. Yeah, right. I was just king of school for like a month. So that's awesome. all down to you. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so um, leaping straight into um, uh, to the new album, which um, it, it is the obvious place to go. Um, congratulations, firstly. Um, oh, thank you. Um, it's it's kind of I, I've I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days, and you, you're on a you're on a pretty phenomenal run. I mean, we've we we've we've come for you all, worship music, and um, for all kings, it's kind of like that's that's three of your strongest albums back to back. I'd make a case for that being like your strongest run of albums in your career. Um, does that, how does it how does it seem to you? Do you, you know are you you happy with where you are at the moment? Yeah, yeah, very happy. Um, it's uh, you know we're just kind of in a good place creatively. Uh, you know, uh, we've come for you all as a great record, but it's kind of in a way. I I just think creatively it's a, it's it's separate from the last two. The last two for me are a little bit more connected. Um, just because of the time frame, but uh, yeah, all three. I mean, uh, I, I obviously I love all three records, and I just think the momentum we had going into this record, coming off of Worship Music, really, um, you know, really helped and really just put us in a really great state of mind to to be able to make this album. Yeah, because it's the first time you've you've had a chance to work with Joey from 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 scratch on something for a, a long, long time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we our expectations going into worship music were like zero. We kind of had nothing to lose at that point. And Joey came back and and you know it 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 turned it into something completely different and bigger and better than we ever thought it was even going to be. And we already loved the record, you know. But then Joey came yeah. back and it just you know it was, as they say it was the missing piece of the puzzle. And uh, so yeah, so going into this one with a lineup intact and all that, it was uh, it. it, it we it wasn't just picking up where we left off, but um, it, you know, a kind of a, in a sense, a continuation, but in a much better place mentally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do, do, you must. I mean, I've I've got absolutely heaps of respect for the the agony you guys must have gone through with worship music because obviously you had the whole frontman thing. I mean, like, I'm, I, I saw you when you played um, university show in London, actually with, um, with uh, the, uh, well, with that, that brief fling with, right. uh, with a, with a front man. 
And um, and I mean, you were hyped about you were hyped about it then. It was, you know, it, it was so much. You must have at times thought it was just destined never to come out. No, I never thought that. Uh, I, I, you know, I never, I never really get to that point because, um, honestly, I've never had to be at that point. You know, if yeah, if, if I, if I, I think if I really had that type of. I don't know attitude. Um, I, the band never would have started. I never, we never yeah. would have made Fistful of Metal, you know, because it was way tougher back then. I mean, that was the hardest time in Anthrax was, you know, '81 to the end of '83 was even trying to get anybody to give a shit about anything we were doing. So, yeah, um, and we never took no for an answer back then, and we never thought of giving up back then. So, if it, if I could get through that then uh, I've always felt like I could get through anything. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's uh, it, 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 it kind of girds your loins and gives you, um, gives you hope for the future. Um, and then obviously coming into, uh, coming into For All Kings, there's, I mean, I know you were uh, having read your, your autobiography. I know you were, um, you were really kind of blown away with the action, the reaction that, that worship music got. Um, is there, is there kind of a sort of, a little bit of uh, are you kind of sort of hold back your uh, enthusiasm for the way this is the, the way this album's going to be greeted because obviously there's there's a lot to top with with worship music i don't ever i, I don't i don't really care <laughs> i <laughs> okay. i don't i i, I never I, I really never get my hopes up in that way it's just not something i do uh, um we made a record that I love, and I and that's how I feel about every record except for State of Euphoria, because that's the and I've I've gone on record about that, and I don't need to go into that story, but uh, you know uh, we did the best we could in the time we were given, and and I think this is a great record. What happens after that is all completely out of my hands, and yeah. and there's nothing I could do about that, whether people love it or, or whatever the reaction is, uh, it's that's all out of my hands, so. Um, you know, the best we could ever hope for is that people give it a chance is that people, people will actually turn your record on and listen to it without, you know, without prejudging it or writing it off before even giving it, giving it a chance. And, you know, we've been lucky over the years that that hasn't happened to us. So, um, but you know, we make records first and foremost for ourselves. It's just, that's how we've done it since day one when we wrote fistful of metal nobody even knew what anthrax was nobody gave a shit nobody cared we were writing music in a room that was making us bang our heads and that's what we still do that's what we did on for all kings three of us me charlie and frankie were in a room writing music that was making us bang our heads and um <laughs> it like nothing's changed and it, yeah. if, if that happens then we know we're on the right path Oh, that's cool. And and it's funny you should mention um, uh, the three of you as well, because I mean, performances on the on the album are all uh, all stellar, as everybody has sort of come to expect from you guys. But um, from a personal point of view, I I really felt that um, that that Frank really kind of stood out on this particular album. I think there's some just some superb bass work on it. Cool. Right. Um, and, and I'm not sure if that's just, yeah, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, he's always been such a, you know, such a, a great live performer and a great bass player. But there's, there's just something about his performance on this album that I just think just seems to be, um, I don't know, just a real standout for me. 
awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go into reams about what a great bass player Frank is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, every everybody everybody worked their asses off. You yeah, know, uh, I think yeah. everything everything sounds great on the record. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and uh, you know, the solo work is is outstanding. Your rhythms are as nailed down as always, and Charlie's drumming's phenomenal. I mean, it's. I, I've got to admit, it took me two or three listens. I'm not quite sure um, where my head was at when I first got it. Um, it took me two or three listens to um, to kind of get my head around the album. Uh, after that, it's just all plain sayings, just phenomenal. Some massive choruses on there um uh and and just you know you, the kind of thing that you kind of walk around during the day start sort of humming in your head and thinking what is that what is that? oh <laughs> shit i know what that is you know um right uh, so i got my cd on order because uh, i'm old school um but it, it's yeah it's just a really 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 pleased and, and presumably this is going to put you guys out on the road for a, a, at least a couple of years <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah was, sorry to remind sure. you about that for sure. I mean, it's. Uh, I I was on a call the other day where they were talking. It, it uh, the schedule was finishing up, and just the initial of what we kind of know what's laid out for it finishes like in December of seventeen. Fuck. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that that's how far out things get planned now. I mean, back in yeah. the eighties or yeah. early nineties, you would know generally, you know, for about six months, yeah, what you were doing, but. Yeah. It's just different now because you take there's just takes so much longer to tour the whole world and uh obviously you don't have to get back in and make a new record every year and a half now. So it uh just the, the touring cycles basically never end. It's it's just the way it is now. Yeah, well it's kind of like the touring cycles have had to kind of fit in with the way the festivals book, isn't it? Cuz there there wasn't really that that That's true. That, that festival yeah. tour back in the day. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, so much of it is routing around the festivals. You're right. Like we just route, we're routing right now a whole thing, uh, September, October in the States based around U.S. festivals that are happening. Um, and we never even had to think about that before because there were no U.S. festivals. In Europe, yeah. there's always been some. Now, of course, there's a thousand. But, um, you know, in the States now, even throughout the year now, between spring, summer and fall, there's there's about 25 festivals probably now that you know actually have metal bands so um yeah it, it is totally different and based on also you know you play one round of them this year and then you hit the ones <laughs> next yeah. year and then the year after that you it's like you're just constantly flip-flopping back and forth between these shows and yeah um yeah i mean look and it's, we just finished up shows with lamb of god in the states that essentially you're still worship music touring cycle because the album is not even out yet. And that's, you yeah. know, going on almost five years and four and a half years of, since that album came out. So, um, yeah, th these days it's, it's just so different, but I, not like it's anything really different in a sense for us because, um, that's all we ever did. Anyway, there was just <laughs> less time between records, but we just toured, 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 tour anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of um, it, the the way the way everything. I mean, the the way the business is shaken down is yeah. I mean, metal bands for one have have always been bands that have that have you know been road dogs and have been you know just constantly out there playing it. It's it's uh, I guess the change in revenue streams, for want of a better phrase, 
um, has hit maybe other genres and other artists a, a lot harder. Um, but it's, a, I mean, it's, it's a different world now, and um, and you have, yeah, you know, you you have freedom that you didn't have before. Um, but by the same token, obviously, you know, things have drastically changed. Um, being a musician in, you know, in the, in the current business, um, without getting too involved in the business side of things, um, how have you, you know, how do you perceive it? Is it, is it, a, is it a different life to live than, you know, it was previously? Not really. <laughs> cool. Good. In Glad my, to hear in, it. In my personal life. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah, I have you're, a family, you're, yeah, you know, absolutely. so yeah. obviously that makes things completely different. If I was still, if, if, if we, if we didn't have a child, let alone if I was still single, yeah, then things would pretty much be exactly the same. <laughs> but, uh, um, but even before I had my son, you know, my wife, you know, it was easy, obviously a lot easier for her to just come out and hang out and pick up and go, but they still come out pretty regularly. We try to never go longer than two weeks without seeing each other. But, you know, it's obviously different with a four and a half year old out on the road. It, you know, it, it's great for us to see each other, but it, it, it can tend, he's a four and a half year old. So sometimes it's like, you know, he just wants to be home playing with his Lego. Yeah, um, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, no, as far as I'm concerned on, on the, let's say business or professional end of things. Um, no, it's the same thing, man. We get on the bus and go like it really, uh, it really hasn't changed. The, for me, the energy has changed. I, I certainly feel like um, the band that people have been getting to see over the past five years is the best band this band has ever been, if not as good or better than we were in 1987. Um, there's just an energy and a focus that was never there even back then. Because yeah. back then, we didn't even know what we had. And now, you know, we know when it went away and it's come back. And so there's a very strong focus on what we're doing and, and never letting that, letting go of that again. So, um, you know, I, I think that makes a big difference in the appreciation of actually being there and doing what we're doing now and the level we're doing it and the privilege of still being able to do it because we've got like almost three generations of fans now coming out to shows. So, you know, all of that together just makes it a really good time for us to be in this band and to be out touring. It's, you know, uh, I, I think it very easily could be a lot different uh, in a negative way for a bunch of guys, you know, who've been doing this for so long. Uh, I could see it really sucking to have to get out there and go on the road and kind of slog, slog it out. But that really hasn't been the case for us. It's, you know, the last five years have been great. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm thankful for that and, and hope that we have more of that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, me too. And I, and I, I mean, but you even when, even when the band's not out on the road, you like to get out on the road yourself. You've done the, um, I mean, I've done, I've spent the last 15, 16 years as a stand up comic. So I've right. kind of, I've kind of come back to, um, to music. Not that metal ever leaves you, you know what I mean? But it's kind of sure. like, it was just the time was right. But, um, uh, you, however, have been doing your uh, speaking words tours, um, I've, and I've never got to one to see him because I've always been—I've always been either been out of town gigging or in town gigging when you've been playing. But um, I know friends who've seen who've seen the shows have said that it's—you know—it—it's it, fantastic. It's, it's very close to stand up, and um, uh, and so from a from a stand up point of view, I'd be quite interested to see is that you 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 must have if you were going to try it, you'd have tried it by now. That's my guess. 
I, I've tried actual stand-up one time because what, what I do, my show is I'm not writing jokes, but no, the anecdotes, but my but my stories, yeah, the stories are. I really learned how to really milk just by doing it because I yes. mean you know if you do stand-up, the only way to get better is to be on a microphone in front of people or Absolutely. even in front even if it's one person. But the only way to really do it is to do it. I, I can't. I can stand in a room and tell stories to a mirror or to my wife all day long, but you just need to get in front of a crowd because there's so much. And I've learned this because I'm friends with a lot of stand-ups at home as well, but just learning every line, milking every syllable, the yes. physicality of the physicality of words, body language, all of, you know, so just learning how to do it on stage means so much. So because I'm not writing jokes, but I have learned how to milk every line, every word, every syllable out of a story and know exactly what my body language or what movements I'm going to do yeah. when I, I'm yeah. saying a specific sentence in a story because that's going to get a laugh. And, yeah. you know, and, and really just becoming an actor and acting it out in a sense. And, uh, um, but I did try stand-up one time. My buddy, um, uh, Brent, <clears throat> my buddy Brendan Small that, that has that band Death Clock and he has yeah. that TV show Metalocalypse. He does this, kind of semi-regular thing called Baked once a month in L.A., and it's it's a combination of music and comedy. He puts, like, a band together, and generally it's comedians who also do music, so they'll do some stand-up, and then they jam with the band. And right. so I've done both. I've played in the band, and then what I did is I kind of retooled some of my stuff, and I turned it into, like, eight minutes of jokes instead of wow. doing it as, like, anecdotes. and. Dude, I, that's the most probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life because it's it's a comedy crowd. It's not a yeah. music crowd at yeah, all. Absolutely, and there are people coming yeah. to see the stand-ups do their act and then you know jam a, a song on guitar or something. But it's a comedy crowd, and it's people who probably recognize me, but they're not my fans. Who you know, when I do yeah. my talking shows, those are people who know Anthrax. They're, they're coming to see me because they know who I am. These, the, that night, no one knew, and I was so fucking nervous. And uh, <laughs> but it it went so well. I actually stayed and did the late show too, and, oh. and really enjoyed myself. So I was, I was just going to say, what was the what was the buzz like? Because I know I you know I, I you know there's a buzz from doing a cracking gig with a band, and there's a bug buzz from coming off and doing stand up. You must have been you must have been really jiving after that. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was the same way I felt. After I did, you know, after I do a talking show, granted, my talking shows are like two and a half hours. Yeah. So a different thing physically, obviously. But yeah, the eight minutes I did at, at Brendan's thing was it was really, really exciting for me because that was really, really, really outside of my comfort zone. You know, yeah, yeah, really outside yeah. of the box for me. And it worked. So, you know, it made me think like maybe, you know, I, I could work on doing more of that. Yeah. Yeah. And all, and all that free time you don't have. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, put it this way, it's not happening any anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but it's um, but it's just like you say, it's another it's another way of um of of developing another set of skills, and there's so much fun to be had outside your comfort zone, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, it you know it, it's not that I I ever think of going on stage as being like old hat or something like that because yeah, it's not. It's always exciting, but I know how to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, I, I could, I could go on stage sick, or I can get through it. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I know how to play an Anthrax show. I've been doing it since 1981. Yeah. But uh, 
but still even the talking shows in total, I've only done maybe, I don't know, 30 something shows. Right. So, and over a, over a span of almost four years. So, um, it's still so new to me. So like if I don't do it for a few months, uh, I, it's like, it's, it's, there's no muscle memory there really yet. I still yeah. have to get on stage and do it and relearn it. And, um, and that, that to me is still really exciting that, that feeling of getting up and doing it and going, Oh shit. Like I, I fucking did it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't melt down and run off stage and go hide somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you find, do you find when, like you said, when you, you, there's no muscle memory there, do you start, th- do you start thinking, shit, can I get, you know, could I, can I sort of drop in somewhere and do this, maybe do this bit in front of a crowd that, you know, I'm not quite sure about. Do you, you know, is there, is, or is it just purely just go up, rehearse it during the day and, uh, you know, the last one I did, I, I did a show in Kingston, New York. We were actually on vacation up in Woodstock over the holidays. And uh, and um, I did this show, uh, one off there on December 30th, having not done a show since February, I think. And uh, of course, I'm like, right, I'm going to, I got to, I'll listen to one of my shows from a year ago because I have, I, I record them. I'm like, all right, I'll listen, I'll listen, I'll listen. I fucking, I didn't listen. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I looked at my wife. I just said, fuck this. I'm just going to get up and do it. I don't give a shit. Like, what's going to happen? And I got up and I did it. And it was, it was fucking fine. It went great. So maybe there is muscle memory there, you know. Um, and, and what I find is if I'm not so focused on what I did before, then I find new things. And all yes. of a sudden, yeah, some, yeah. some new fucking, uh, uh, you know, non sequitur shows up in the middle of a story. And I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? That works, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, you're talking like a comic. You're talking like, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I've done, I, I did a gag a couple of weeks ago. I've been doing that joke six or seven years. And then just out of my mouth fell a topper that I, I was like, I really, have I never done that before? You know, that was so fucking obvious. Why didn't I do that before? And right. yeah, yeah, and you come off and you go, right, wow, I've, you know, I've got, I've got a new joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but that's exactly how you sound, you know, the way, the way you're talking about it and the way you're like the mapping out the performances and like the, you know, the bits and bits, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Fuck it. Just go on and do it. Um, you know, I, friends of mine and you, you'll know, like, you know, comics are some of the most anxious people you'll ever meet. And, you know, they can, they can be doing this 10 years and, and still be like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't gigged for like 10 days. I'm a bit rusty. And it's like, dude, you're fucking not, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years, Just, right. you know, chill out and enjoy it. But you know, it's, I, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's just a comedy thing, but we, you know, comedians just love beating themselves up, um, you know, about how it might go, how it won't go and all the rest of it. But, um, that's really interesting. You hearing, you talk, hearing you talk about that. Cause like I said, there is like definite, definite sort of comic traits you definitely tell that you know you you you've really got into those shows are you um it, is that something that you're going to pick up again at, at some point for sure for sure i i have there's a possibility that i can i might be able to do the fringe fest in august um it, it's like kind of hanging there like dangling like a carrot for me but i can't i'm still waiting to be able to confirm whether or not I can do it, you know, based on the band schedule. And, and well, I know, like, I, would that I, I be know Edinburgh? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you've got to do it. Yeah, I'm, I want to. You know, and even the guy that's setting it up for me, he was like, you know, and before Rollins did Fringe, like, he was playing to 100 people and he did that and he got such 
amazing press from it. You know, all of a sudden he was doing 800 to a thousand people. And, um, you know, it's like, you have to do it. You have to do it. I'm like, yeah, I want to, <laughs> I just, I'm, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm waiting on my schedule. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it, it's something I've always wanted to do, even just as a fan to go see. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping it'll, it'll happen. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. And uh, it's kind of weird though, cause you, because your shows, uh, because the shows are so long, um, well, most there'll be late shows elsewhere as well. You've once you've done your show, you've got to get out and try and try and. Um, well, yeah, well, I think I'm only shows. doing. I think from what I saw at whatever I don't remember the venue, but from what I saw, if I was going to do it, I'd only be doing an hour, like ah, right, you know, okay. each night. I'd be doing three three shows or something, and it would only be an hour, which in one in a weird way makes it harder for me. Yeah, because without 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 the the time frame I, I can just go whereas if i if i have to now worry about only doing an hour then it's like oh shit i have to all right what am i going to do and what fits in what you know i really have to be conscious but i, I would work it out yeah it's like it's, it's like being told that you've got a two and a half hour film that you've got so it's great it's got a beginning middle and end and somebody right. comes along and goes right we need you to make that an hour and still have some kind of narrative yeah yeah <laughs> yeah great good luck with that um, but yeah, yeah, you'll you'll. So you, you said you might be doing three shows a night on that. No, 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 three right. shows. Oh, total. just three in total, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a bit of a tall order. Um, but it, it, yeah, it, it's it's it, like you say, it, it's something that has got to be done. But you've got um, yeah, you've got a few other things going as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the anthrax is always there. It's always you know the priority. It's always a hundred percent all the basically all the time it's not like ever really there's downtime even if i'm yeah. not touring or in the studio there's always it's there's just always stuff so yeah um yeah it's hard. and the other thing is if i'm not touring i i would rather be home truthfully yeah so that's the other thing it's not like i'm i'm second i'm done with anthrax i'm looking to go out and do a month of talking shows so you know just that's the other thing because i i have to be in the right frame of mind if if I'm going to go do talking shows and I'm pissed off about it because I'd rather be home, then I, I shouldn't be doing talking shows because yeah. I'm not going to be having fun. Therefore, nobody's going to be having fun. <laughs> the crowd's yeah. going to be like, what the fuck did we come see this for? This guy's a fucking dick. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want people to think that either. So, I, you know, I, it, it, it just, I just have to find windows where I feel okay about it and I don't want to just be at home hanging out with my family well that's the key as well isn't it you've got to you, you own those stories you're in those stories but you've got to enjoy telling them because for for, for, for everybody out there in the audience or at least for most of them that they're, they're never going to have heard this before and they want to and they want to hear you tell it like you've never told it before right you know and and to keep that kind of freshness is yeah that, that's 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 the real challenge and but like you said there's there's the 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 show the the the, the scripts everything else it all takes on a life of its own but for the people coming that one night this is it and you you've you've got to be on the money and and looking like yeah i'm i'm as excited to be telling these stories as you are to hear them right yeah and i mean and you know too it, it the first time i've ever like played a same place and i was wondering you know granted it was probably it was over a year between the gigs but you know and i was worried about oh well i've already done this story they're going to know it and you know yeah. one of my comedian buddies said so what people yeah. want to hear the same jokes some of the same jokes i've been telling for 15 years they still want yeah. to hear that joke 
It's like it's like your songs. It's like your great. It's one of your hits now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. You've got your uh, yeah. You've got your ace of spades. You got to do yeah. it every night, whether right. you like it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Um, so, uh, well, look, I, I don't I don't want to hold you up, Scott. Are we all right? Yeah, 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 because you were going to. Um, I know we were initially doing this at, um, uh, at eight o'clock, so um, I, you know I, d- I didn't want to hold you up in case you had anywhere to go. But one thing I did want to ask you was, um, uh, why are you over in London just to impress? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, promo basically. The album comes out Friday, so it's just been uh, tons of radio and promo. I fly back to New York Thursday morning. I have two days of promo there. The album comes out Friday, and then I fly home Saturday. Well, and then we we start with Maiden. I fly on Monday, and we start the Maiden tour. Awesome! You look forward to that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Touring with Maiden, it's just like oh, that's that's yeah, yeah. That's kind of like that's the, that's the top of the tree right there, isn't it? Oh yeah. And and what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Book of Souls? Because me personally, I think that's one of the albums of last year. Oh, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I'm still listening to it. What? It's 92 minutes, so I feel like <laughs> yeah. even now, even now listening to it, I still, I'm still not. It's not like I know the whole album yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because it's such a deep record. No, absolutely. I, I was kind of tempted. Almost, uh, I listened to the whole thing all the way through. I was thinking, could I actually split this into two discs and just, and just like really learn one disc and then, and then move on to the next one? It's like having two new Maiden albums. Well, that's kind of what I've done. There's like, there's like five of the songs that I listen to the most and now I'll start like getting into the rest of it. And um and how long are you on the how long are you on the road with those guys? It's pretty much the month of March down in South America. Oh wow, that's gonna be insane. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. So how how long you how long are you in South America for? A month? That's the whole thing down there. Uh, Mexico Central and South America. Wow. That's gonna yeah. be pretty, that's gonna be pretty amazing. Yeah, it's um, gonna be amazing. So I don't suppose you get to go on a, a maiden's plane, but never mind. You know, there's, there's, there's no, we there's, do. You do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on, <laughs> we're on Ed Force One. You are joking me, dear me. Oh, do you know what? I was, I was, I was looking forward to this, but now you're just pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what. Since I saw Maiden open for Priest in 1981, I think my whole life has been building to this moment. <laughs> Get going on their plane with them. Oh, that's brilliant! Oh, fucking hell, that is amazing. I, I told said, my manager, "This is what do we do after this? Like, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what can I possibly do after this? Like." You know, you expect me to get back on a tour bus after being on Air Force One? That's yeah. it. We're done. Either we either we play with Maiden or I stay home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fucking awesome. That's brilliant. And you, well, I was going to say there's there's like there's moments in your career where you have those you have those horizon moments where you think, hang on, you know, once upon a time, what we're doing now that was that was on the horizon, and like those minutes where you just have to kind of just appreciate whatever it is or whatever you've wherever you've got to but this isn't even one of those moments isn't it because you're not going to go yeah yeah i want to tour with maiden and i want to be flown around by bruce dickinson yeah no this is beyond this is like in a way before this the biggest one was the yankee stadium show on the big four yeah for me as you know for us as new yorkers it's like a dream come true it was not even that because Something that we never thought would happen because Yankee Stadium like never does shows. So the fact that we even did it at Yankee Stadium was insane. But but this is on like that kind of a level. It's just 
something so completely unreal to me that even when we're on the plane with them and I'm going to like look over and see Steve Harris like <laughs> on a plane and we're playing shows together. It just, I'll never, honestly, it'll never really make sense to me uh, ever. Like yeah. it'll always just be one of those things like how the fuck did this happen? You there's, know, there's, like, a, there's always going to be that little sort of 16 year old nerdy kid inside you going, that's always. Steve Harris. It's always, it, it's always that it's always, I, I you know, even oddly enough, at Lemmy's funeral I, afterwards, I was talking to Adrian Smith. And even that, just like, you know, just standing there talking to Adrian. And he's like, yeah, here you guys are coming on the plane. And I'm just like, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I can't even, like, how do we even have that conversation? <laughs> yeah, you just, you just stood there going like, yeah, is that all right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. It's, it's, it truly is insane to me. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Like you said, there's that, like, you know, apart from an anthrax plane, it's um yeah there's there's nowhere to go after this is there that is the that's the zenith of your uh, uh of your touring experiences it will be you know year, ages years ago in the late 90s i got to uh kirk from metallica invited me out to florida because they were like basing out of a city and then every day they would fly up to like play orlando and then back and then play somewhere else and then back and he's like what are you doing come hang out for a few days and all right so i came down and you know, don't get me wrong. It was insane. It was my first time ever flying on a private jet, um, and, and all that. And it was, it was unbelievable. Like we'd be back in the hotel bar by 1230 at night, you know, like just after them playing a show, That's I was like, crazy. dude, if you, I ever hear you complain about touring, I, I, I will kill you. <laughs> but this, this is a 747. Like, it's just insane. Like, you know, it's, it's just the, it's just a billion times even more. I, I can't. I just can't wrap yeah. my head around and, it. And, and, and I presume Bruce is flying it as well. I assume so. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know how it all works, but yeah, I saw a video of him online landing it in Florida the other day. So, which I then sent that video to like everyone I know is like, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> here's how we're getting around in South America. <laughs> yeah. Here's the taxi. Here's the gig taxi. If there yeah. was only some way I knew everyone I knew in high school, if I could just send them that video. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Everyone who ever said back then, your band sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at me now. Remember that Maiden show at Madison Square Garden in 1980? Like, look what we're doing. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Oh, man. I, it, it sounds like it's going to be a blast. Have you got anything um, You got anything lined up for the UK? Um, well, Bloodstock is in August. I think that's, yes. that's our first um, first actual – although I think some show – something might get announced. I can't say anything because I don't know when it is. But yeah. um, we come over in the May to start festival season, and we're doing some in-between you know, festival dates where we're pairing up with – some friends of ours that everybody also likes and uh <laughs> um okay i just don't want to say anything yet yeah, because no, it's not okay. announced yeah. but but uh i know i know um well it's not uk because it's ireland it's not belfast i think but wow you, um, know, you know your politics nice move yeah but uh but but bloodstock for sure and then yes the the plan is at some point after that um, we will be back, you know, doing some type of proper headline run. You know, at some point, either later, later this year or early next year, for sure. Oh, that, that'd be awesome, like an, an old school sort of city hall tour kind of thing. 
it, whatever it is, we just need to come back and headline already. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah. Now that would be that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, funnily enough, you mentioned Bloodstock. Um, that day you're playing. Um, uh, my band are headlining the Sophie Lancashire stage, the second stage. So okay, um, sorry, say that again. Um, my band's headlining the uh, second stage at Bloodstock on the same day. Oh, okay. Uh, you're playing. So, right on. So you got to come over. You know, I'll see make, you there. <laughs> make your way, make your way through all the metal and say, "Look, sorry, got to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Got to go and see Acid Rain." Um, but um, yeah, we, well, we'll uh, um, we'll definitely try and catch your set anyway. Um, cool. But um, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's great to have you guys back. It's I can't believe it's four and a half years since Worship Music. Yep. That's insane. <laughs> That's nuts, and in that time you've managed to develop the um, develop the, uh, the spoken word tours and uh, and write the autobiography as well. Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, and oh yeah, and sorry, become a dad and all. And the rest become of it. a dad, yeah, it's been that's a little kind of, busy. Yeah, that's the major one right in there. That's the it major sure one. Is. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a real life changer, isn't it? If it isn't, you shouldn't be a parent. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. Yeah. Absolutely spot on. Well, look, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, uh, Cheers, man. It, it really has. And um, and like I said, thanks again for, uh, you know, for for doing that little that little deed all those years ago. It was it it really meant so much. It really did. Right on. Um, no worries. And uh, yeah, it did. As I was as I was getting thrown out of your Among the Living date at Sheffield Universe at Sheffield <laughs> City Hall, so I was getting thrown <laughs> out by security for stage diving. I thought this was worth it <laughs> right on <laughs> but um hopefully hopefully i'll bump into you at bloodstock but uh, but look i just I, i'm i'm excited for you this whole south america thing i really am um and um yeah what can i say um great new album really looking forward to seeing you guys back on the road and thank you so much for your time really appreciate it cheers thank you no problem right, see bye. ya bye-bye so there you go. There's my chat with Scott Ian. What a lovely guy, eh? Started talking about Maiden, and uh, and that was it. It's just, <laughs> it was great. It was really cool. Um, uh, and yeah, I just just a really really cool, uh, really cool chat. Really nice guy. Um, uh, as you heard, remembered Acid Rain. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think you could tell that I was walking around freezing my fucking nuts off whilst recording that. Um, but it was it was it, it was great, and and again thanks to John for landing that one. Um, I, I mean I've I've heard various things about what Scott Scott's like to interview, and and some people have been um, less than complimentary um, about him. And you know I want to say your proof right there, not a cunt. Um, so yeah, uh, that's absolutely. Uh, it was really, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable, um, and uh, you know, it, it's nice to be able to do the big four. So that's uh, Gary from uh, from Slayer done. That is Scott from Anthrax done. We now just need somebody from the Megadeth camp. Obviously, I've done people. I did Chris Broderick, who used to be in the Megadeth camp. Um, need somebody from the Megadeth camp, and need somebody. From the Metallica camp. Um, can't see it myself. But anyway, um, the important thing is who we've done, not who we might get done. Um, so winding down the podcast now, folks. Uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, the one thing I did want to tell you about was um, a friend of mine um, finally got around to giving me uh, my Christmas present that he bought me. And um, it's pretty awesome. It is the Murder in the Front Row book. 
Um, and of course, shots from the Bray Area Thrash Metal Epicenter by Harold O and Brian Lou. That's right. It's kind of weird. It's like, oh, right, yeah, of course. I've had Harold on the podcast already. Well, now I've got the book. And all I can say, folks, is it is fucking awesome. It really is. Um, it, it's uh, If you are a fan of Thrash, um, I, I just cannot. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's it's expensive when well, it's not expensive. Um, it, 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 it's, it's it'll cost a fair bit to buy and ship because it weighs a ton. But um, it is on Amazon. You look up "Murder in the Front Row." Um, it's not just like mind blowing pics. I mean, you can hear me flicking through it now. Um, it's not just mind blowing pics. It's accompanied with um, just really really interesting. Um, uh, pieces uh, written by various people who were there at the time. Um, there's all sorts of contributors in the bit, uh, contributors in the book as well. Let's have a look. Um, so I think there's a list of them at the front. Um, this is great. Let's tune in while man flicks through book. Tune in. <laughs> That's the first one of the podcast. What a dick. Um, so contributors: uh, Rob Flynn, Alex Skolnick, Gary Holt. Uh, Ron Quintana, who's a, a name some of you may know, um, and yeah, that's all. You know, they they they, they contribute uh, words as well as pictures. So it's man, some of the early Metallica stuff is amazing. It really is, um, and they look so young, mind you. Didn't we all back then? I was probably still wearing fucking nappies and climbing trees. Well, I didn't do I didn't do those at the same time. That would be a, a, a very that would be a very strange um, that'd be a very, very strange combination for a baby, a, a tree climbing baby. I'm not a fucking monkey. Um, do, and actually, that does bring me neatly segue back onto uh, what I was saying earlier about you know um, performing a monkey and you know wanting me to rant about typical to- topics. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, please do keep sending me all your links about, you know, interesting articles you found and stuff like that, because I do genuinely, there's some, there's some really cool stuff that's come out of it. And, um, um, but yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, what gets under my skin gets under my skin and what doesn't, doesn't. Um, so I, you know, I, I thank all of you, um, as always when, uh, for, for contributing because there's only about two of you who do it. Um, but um, no, I do, I, and I appreciate every single listener, as you all know. Um, it, it's been um, it's been a wacky old month. I hope it's been worth the wait because that's um, that's two chunky interviews there, and I'm I, I'm pretty pleased with how they've come out. Um, anyway, guys, this is the end of the podcast. This is the end of the podcast. Boring bit. This is the boring bit. The boring bit. The boring bit. The podcast. The boring bit. The podcast. Try and. Try and make it better, try and make it more entertaining with a little bit of a song. But it's all going wrong. It's not gonna work, because I'm a fucking jerk. It's the end of the podcast. Very little rhymes with podcast. If you're on a ship, there's a mast. If you don't eat, you fast. But this is not going very well. It's going to hell. Don't know what to do about it. This podcast's a pile of shit. <laughs> Dear me. I've, I haven't got... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think, look, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to dig some tunes out now. I, I dig a couple of tunes out to stick on the end of the podcast, so bear with me a sec. So, due to the miracle of technology, we now <laughs> um, we now have some tunes. Um, uh, this is a band called Salvo, S-A-L-V-O. Um, they are from Timperley in Cheshire, just outside Manchester. 
Um, I'm going to play two songs. First one is Deadhead. Second song is the Posse song. Um, it's it, it's an awesome demo. It's eight tracks in eleven minutes. It is fucking old school as fucking fuck. It includes ex metal drummer Dave Burton. Um, it's I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if it's his brainchild, but he's a mate of mine. He sent me a demo. I love it. I didn't tell him I was going to play it on the podcast. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, that's be a nice surprise for him, and it's a nice surprise for you. So folks, it only remains to say: keep spreading the word of talking bollocks. Please do. Love you all. Love the fact that you listen to a cunt like me for as long as you have, as long as you're going to. It's it's, it's great. Um, more podcasts to come. Sorry about the delay. Um, hopefully, it'll only be a couple of weeks before I, I'm cranking out another one. So, this is Salvo and Deadhead and Posse Song. Till next time, folks. Adios.
How's that for fucking old school? You won't hear that on Spotify. That's for fucking sure. Cunts.